on today's show, we are getting to know Dan. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up on any social media. It's Andre Psyche. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you are looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Patreon.com helps creators like me earn a monthly income that will be put towards podcast expenses. Support the Getting to Know You Pod's creative endeavors through Patreon for as little as $2 a month. There are all sorts of costs that I had no fucking idea about associated with posting podcasts, not to mention the need for equipment and production. So dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or just want to help keep the pod going, go to our Patreon. The link's in the description and your support of the Getting to Know You pod is very much appreciated. Two bucks too much? Here are three free ways to help. Get your thumbs ready. One, push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. Did that? Thank you. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on your social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go ahead, open those apps, click away if you haven't already. Thanks again. Three, go to Apple, write a review. The internet tells me this might be the most important and impactful. So thank you. Your support, dear listener, whether it's with your thumbs through our Patreon or ideally both, is greatly appreciated. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely and doggone it. And I was kind of rude. I didn't ask Dan where he's from, but from his Instagram, it looks like he's from somewhere really cool because his dogs seem to love it. So Dan, thanks for coming on and letting people get to know you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, dude, I actually was wondering. There's a really cool picture towards the bottom of your Instagram. Like you're on a dock. And there's a dog laying beside you. And I was wondering, are you like waterfront somewhere? Or you look very country. So that's uh, actually on our family cabin in Glacier Park. Okay. So that's like, of all places, that's like my favorite place to be. So <laughs> Lake McDonald, it's pretty, pretty nice. And I think, I think that would be my parents' dog, Vera. Maybe it might have been Stella. I'm not sure. Gotcha. But and, yeah. Okay. And I guess. Back from there. Uh, a few weeks ago, and it was awesome as always. Yeah, where is Glacier Park, Lake McDonald? Uh, so it's about, for me, it's about 250 miles west on Highway Two, and uh, it's part of Waterton, which is in Alberta, and I think part of British Columbia, Canada. So okay. it's uh, up in the Flathead, and it's a pretty big park, um, but uh, it's definitely one of my favorite places to be. And uh, I've had some really good memories there. And it was really fun showing my puppy his first time there, although he 
didn't quite get the whole jumping off the dock aspect of things, but uh, that'll come. Now, he just wasn't excited enough to go get the tennis ball or like fear didn't know how to swim? No, he, well, one, so one time he jumped in and he kind of, he was in like neck deep water, but he didn't want to put his back feet up. So I had to jump in. I had to throw all my stuff out of my pockets, which wasn't that big of a deal. But it, I mean, he wasn't going to drown or anything, but he just looked so helpless. And I was like, oh, come on. Buddy. <laughs> but if, uh, I think he'll figure it out with time, hopefully. Yeah, and if not, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe have to send him back. Or just just make him a therapy dog. <laughs> yeah, that could work. Take him on planes with you. Get him a little cart. You know. Oh, yeah. What kind of dog is it? So Lemmy is a golden retriever. Back at you. What and, are you doing, dude? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and because I think it might have been like a month ago, we were gonna record, and then you yep. were like, "I gotta go get a puppy." Yep. So no, for the whole time. Uh, so I planned to get him on, I think, I can't remember when it was. It was a weekend that I planned to go get him. And my breeder's like, hey, can you come get this dog? Because yours is the last one here. And I was like, okay, I'll come get the dog. Right. So I had to flake on you, but then I'm pretty happy about getting this dude. Come here, buddy. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, like, I don't know, why Golden Retriever? Is it like a family affinity thing? So, yeah, that's a good question. It absolutely is. Um, my mom, when she grew up, her folks had golden retrievers. Then when I was a kid, we had our first golden retriever when I was eight. And then subsequently, this is my first, but the fourth overall that I've been a part of. So, oh. I mean, I guess I remember my grandpa's dog when I was a little kid, but I was really, I was pretty young when he had that yeah. dog. So, and but yeah, it's a... Uh, kind of an affinity thing and we also bird hunt a lot so they uh, they work pretty well for that and i think this one's gonna be a pretty good bird dog yeah why uh i i have a um a lab not a golden retriever um but a lot of people around here in southern delaware have labs for like duck hunting and i have no idea what they how they know if their dog's going to be good or not to go out grab something that's dead and bring it back well, I think there's a few different ways. I mean, I'm no dog trainer to tell you, but like <laughs> we've had really good dogs and we've had, I mean, so, so I, all of, all of my parents' dogs have been pretty good. Their first was okay. The second was, <clears throat> excuse me, she was actually like a legit paper certified champion on both sides. Both her mom and her dad were like champion bird dogs. So like she could point, she could like, uh, you know, get up birds. And then the current one they have really is pretty solid too. And I actually got Lammy from the same breeder that my mom got her current dog from different parents. So, you know, it's, it'll be a little different temperament, but hopefully it'll be a good bird dog. But uh, the way you tell is honestly, I mean, they got to take some training to it, but I think a lot of it's just instinctual. I mean, their noses are crazy. Like yesterday on a walk, we were walking on our main street and walking past a bush. I don't notice anything. He picks up a four foot snake shed and has it about halfway down his throat. So that was fun <laughs> trying to pry his mouth open for about 10 minutes while people are driving down the main street. Just like, Hey, look at Dan and his dog that likes to eat everything. That's what dogs do, man. They, yeah. I mean, it's funny that shit they'll eat dead frogs. For some reason, our dog finds a dead forest toad all the time and snacks on it. Like, how is that, how is that tasty? Or like, we'll oh. roll over in it, like rub her back in the weirdest. Yeah, roll in neck. 
Yeah. It's foul. So, like, all of my parents' dogs, like, like Harley, their first, he was really into gophers, so he'd kill a gopher and roll on it. Their second would roll on cow shit and once human shit on a, like, nature trail, and I was like, that's cool. And then their current one also loves gophers, and coming up from Glacier, they, they call them ground squirrels, but from where I'm from, they're called gophers. Gotcha. Uh, up in the park, and... He watched my brother's dog, who's a black lab that they rescued, actually kill and eat one. And uh, some poor tourists from out of state or out of country at Glacier Park saw a 100-pound lab eat and kill a ground squirrel, a.k.a. gopher. They got to see the circle of life. They got to see evolution. (laughs) What, What can you do? Sometimes, yeah, that is the circle of life. Absolutely. Yeah, Dude, what makes them... Like a solid, do dogs, I've actually never spoken to someone who like bird hunts or uses a dog to hunt before. Cause my lab, it was weird. You got the tennis ball, it got real excited. You threw it and it brought it back and it actually took no training. And our lab had some like some papers to it. I think it came from duck hunters, but I'm curious Mm -hmm. about the bird hunting when you're talking about it has a good nose. Does the dog actually go out there and like, scare birds from the bush to get them in the air you shoot them and then it finds the dead one bring it back is that yeah so the type of we do upland birds uh like primarily where we have land it's uh mainly pheasants and then some like occasionally you'll see some grouse or like hungarian partridge but like it's usually just like you know ring their pheasants and uh they will just, you know, go in the brush, sniff it, and then they'll literally either, you know, try to grab them, you know, with their teeth, or they'll scare them up. Because pheasants, they're, I mean, they fly awesome, but they are super lazy. They, they really? you almost have to step on them. Like, if you're, like, doing it without birds, you have to physically step on them for them to get up. Whereas a dog can, you know, kind of rouse them up. But then they get up, and uh, where we're at, you can't shoot females, so the brown ones, but the real colorful ones that are the males, so you can shoot those, and uh, that's pretty fun. And the other <laughs> thing that makes a good bird dog is a giving a bird back, and b not like trying to eat the whole thing. So that might be an issue with this one. Right. All the other ones have been pretty good. You kind of they say you want to have a soft mouth, so you know you you can let them kill it, but not you know eat it and devour it. Kind of. Oh, okay ruin the meat because i mean pheasant's a little dry but it's pretty good yeah well i mean if it's going to eat a gopher if it's going to eat dead snake skin or shed skin i imagine a pheasant be way tastier than both of those options yeah he tries to eat anything so i think uh that would be fine with by him man that's it's kind of crazy that dogs do that and then like come back to you it just fucking yeah. blows my mind. I go walk on the beach with mine and then all of a sudden I'm like, it runs away and you just whistle or something. And it mm-hmm. comes back to you and you're like, you could just go wherever you want and you chose me. <laughs> you yeah. chose to hang out with me. It's a cool trait. Mm-hmm. So like our first dog, we never used a shot collar with. Right. But all the subsequent ones we have and I probably shot collar train him. It's just a lot easier, especially if you're hunting with like, it's not bad if it's just like me and my dad, but like if it's, you know, like, four or five people you want them you know because the problem is if they get too far in front of you then you're just totally fucked because i mean you got birds up 200 yards but you can't shoot about 40 maybe 50 oh. yards of the show gotcha you know so that and means- with accuracy so you want them you want them pretty close to you so that's and where we're at too like there's you know 
deer and antelopes and cow, so they'll maybe chase them. And I'm like, well, you got to come back because you're going to get ruined by a deer. I mean, I, I know you think you're tough, but that's you- a... No, I'm sorry. I'm just wondering, like, I would think the deer would just take off. Do the deer, I've never seen a violent deer, a buck, maybe not a deer. Uh, so they can be, I mean, in like, they call it the rut. Like the one time that they like get after it every year when they're like mating, they, they're stupid and they will like, I mean, it's, it's not like a moose. Moose definitely would have a way higher chance of attacking you. But I think if you did something stupid enough, you'd probably get, you know, attacked by a deer. Like, my dad's been, uh, although that was his fault, he uh, <laughs> had an antler go through his leg. No shit. Yeah. So, like, they will, like, I mean, you know, they, you're talking, like, about a 200 or, like, 240-pound, you know, animal with, you know, basically razors coming out of its head, so. Yeah. I just... If it wanted to, like, the, 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 like, you'll see deer, like, in the wild that are killed, you know, from other deer. Elk, too, you know, from fighting each other. So, and so is a deer not just a female? I'd have to say doe. So a deer could be doe or buck. Yeah. So a doe is a female, and then a buck is a obviously a, is male. a male. Okay. So when you're saying oh, the, deer, if the dog yeah. goes after a deer, you're referring to a buck being aggressive towards it. Because I was thinking of yeah, does. Yeah, a doe could, but if you, I'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, like what would they do? aggressive with like a 35 pound golden retriever like puppy but like not like a big dog probably you know yeah that's what i was thinking okay yeah so my mind was a little crossed there for a minute um can you tell me the dad story i've never heard of someone getting an antler put through their leg oh so i wasn't even with him when it happened i think he was i think they were dragging dragging the animal and it and he fell on it i'm pretty sure (laughs) that or you know actually did one of these and went into him I wasn't with him, so I don't know. Gotcha. I, I'm sure he, because he, 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 he overblew it a little bit. Like, Grant, he did have, like, you know, like a circle in his leg, but, like, he had to, like, dress it and undress it all the time, and he was overdoing it. I'm like, you got stabbed by a deer because you were fucking around. It's not, whose fault is it? Because <laughs> you tripped. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I could be wrong. Gotcha. Was that the purpose of them getting that lake house for y'all? To like have this hunting ground kind of a thing? Oh, no, 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 no. So that, we don't hunt there. So you can't hunt on a national park. Only up until, I think it was like five years ago, you couldn't even bring a gun. Now you can bring a gun to go like on a hike. I don't think many people do. I mean, I think if I was going to go on a hike, I'd maybe want to bring one. But problem is, is you need to bring a large gun for like bears. Uh, but no, that property's been in our family for like a hundred plus years on the oh wow on my mom's side of the family it, although good question it was a hunting lodge back in the day like before it was a national park in i think 1910 so it was a, or maybe the road was completed in i think no the park was in 1910 the road was completed in 39 so i think you could hunt for a while in the park but yeah you haven't been able to hunt there forever which Probably it's good. You probably don't want a bunch of people hunting where there's a bunch of looky loos trying to see, you know, sites and go see goats and look at people who get baffled by gophers. I just, I would take pictures of people taking pictures of or videos of the gophers and I'd send them to my friends. Obviously not while I was there because there's no service and they're like, why are they looking at gophers? I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, like we literally like- go shoot those. We, we literally 
would take 22s out and shoot those things because there was nothing to do like in high school. Yeah, right. A lot of people around here in the woods do that with squirrels. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, we don't don't get a ton of gophers. Um, It is funny though, man, we will get, and I don't know the difference between a groundhog and a gopher. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, do you? Is there a difference? I mean, I don't know what a groundhog is, but I know a gopher's, (laughs) they're basically... They're the equivalent to like what a ground squirrel is in size. They're not very big. Um, but like, I think maybe a groundhog would be closer to what we have is like a prairie dog, which are like, I've seen some that are like the size of like small house cats. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like these fuckers look like farm beavers. Land, so farmers will they'll be like, oh yeah, come out and shoot them. Yeah. And bullets were cheap, but like right. you could go just, you could just sit on like a side of the hill and just like. Blowing afternoon, blowing up like two or three hundred of these dumb things. Two or three hundred? Oh yeah. Stop. We have. Oh no! Like, uh, th- I couldn't tell you how many gophers there are, or ground, you know, or uh, prairie dogs. There's definitely more gophers. I mean, there's. I think it's sixty cows for every one person in my, like my state. So. Sixty cows for every one person. Yeah. It's either sixty or forty-four. Holy I'm pretty shit. sure it's sixty though. And what's the state? <laughs> Montana. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think of... So, Montana, that's the whole... Um, everybody's moving out there. Or is that Idaho for Yellowstone movie? So, is that yeah, a real thing that's happening? Yeah. It's where my brother lives. It's a place called Bozeman. We call it Bose Angeles. It's, <laughs> it sucks. Because the problem is a lot of people from Montana can't afford the real estate now because it's just like everybody coming from... Out of state, they're like, wait, my money does this here. Take it all. Just yeah. Like, okay. Well, I mean, whatever. I don't know. That yeah. kind of sucks. But I mean, where my brother lives is really sweet. I can see why people want to move there. But I've only watched one episode of that show. I don't think it's anything like the show. Because somebody asked me, they're like, do you guys kill people? I'm like, not for a long time. <laughs> I mean, when you get away with it? I don't think so. <laughs> not since the internet and cell phone cameras. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I, I and telling people I'm from Montana, you get some. I've gotten some funny looks, that's for sure. Really? Like when I lived abroad, people were like, "Where's that?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, if you gave me a map, I could show you, but I can't explain it because they either think it's New York or L.A." Yeah, well, it's a weird. I'm surprised or like my, you could. Yes, but I mean, it's usually the first two. I'm surprised you couldn't say something like Portland or Seattle. I feel like if you yeah, said Seattle. Where I lived, everybody thought it was, they're like, New York? I'm like, no, not New York. Yeah, that makes, <laughs> no, that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, who knew the 44 Cal thing? But I guess, I mean, I'm just from Southern Delaware and we're getting overdeveloped near the beach. And mm-hmm. we do have on the Western side, some farmland, but we went out to um, like Denver, I think mm-hmm. uh, last summer. And it's fucking eye-opening when you hit a road and there aren't trees and it's just land that goes. Like, so the your guys' roads are is like trees. Oh, dude, it's yeah. it's dense, dense forest everywhere. That's wild. So we have so like Montana's basically broken up at like the continental divide, where the original Idaho state line was supposed to be. I mean, that's a story for a different thing. But because uh, I'm a it's super big history nerd, and I, like especially about like Montana history. I love. But uh, so it's either like the western part, which is all like mountains you know, forests, the Rockies. Where I'm from is it's like 
prairie. It looks like what people think probably Iowa looks like. I mean, it's a little more less flat, I suppose, but like it's all farmland. I mean, out south, we have like the biggest county park in the United States, but it's like rolling hills. It's not like mountains. I mean, that's not true. Where we hunt is like a few mountains, but it's it's not like over, you know, where our cabin is in the western part. That's where the big stuff is. Yeah. It it's it's weird. It's weird to me how used to your surroundings you get and how mm-hmm. you can feel weirded out. Like it was I felt so fuck I was waiting for like a hawk or an eagle to swoop me up walking around in some of these spots cuz I'm like there's no cover. You're just exposed. Yeah. And it was just like this weird real weird like irrational fear, but it I was like I'd, I'd rather have some trees around me. I don't know why, but I just don't feel safe. Yeah, it's you're you're comfortable with your settings. I feel that like I'm pretty at ease on like a two-lane highway where there's like <laughs> wheat on both sides for like how far do you got? You got 200 miles? Because, I mean, we can go... Like, if you wanted to drive from, I think it's the... What is it? The southeastern to the northwestern corner, I think it would take you, like, the whole day. Okay. It's pretty, like, Montana's wide, and it's fairly, you know, tall as well. Gotcha. And so did your family come down from Canada to live in Montana? Or are you guys from Montana and just have family in Canada? You went back? No, so, I mean, we do live, like, 44 miles from the border, but, like, I don't think anybody, I think there's French-Canadian, like, somewhere in the lineage, but my dad's side of the family came from Italy in, like, the early part of, uh, like, the 1900s, and my mom's side was from Germany. She's also got some relatives back in, like, Boston, like, when the, and then my brother married a gal from out in Vermont, got married out there, so... We went back east for the wedding. That was kind of fun. And then I've seen some cousins uh, from like I think right around like all the little tiny uh, I, they're towns, but I think everybody calls them suburbs. Yeah. Of uh, <laughs> like like Newcastle and New Bedford. I think I don't know. I can't remember what they were. That was gotcha. a while ago. Yeah, I don't know if there's a real, like a groundhog and a gopher. I don't know if what the distinction is between like a town and a suburb. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all the same bunch of fucking houses and you got some like supermarkets, maybe sidewalks. And you're like, okay, yeah. Well, and the way that Montana works is it's towns and it's cities. And we also have what people would consider like a township probably where it's like less than like a few hundred people. Uh, but like our biggest city just hit like a hundred thousand people in like 2010. So like super, we only hit a million people, I think like eight years ago. Yeah. So Delaware has a million and I mean, Delaware's whatever the 42nd smallest state. I think Montana is what the fourth largest. Fourth largest yeah. 44th in uh, population. Yeah. What a crazy <laughs> fucking inverse, man. Like yeah. what an insane. I think, I think Alaska is probably right up there with us, but I bet you there's a million people that live in like Anchorage or Juneau, whatever yeah. the biggest, I think Anchorage, maybe not a million, but I bet more than Billings. Right. Oh, is that the big city? People, yeah. Guys? Billings. Billings is our biggest city. And then like the two college towns, Bozeman, Missoula, and then like where I live, it's the eighth biggest place. I think in the state and just the town has 8,000 people. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fucking steep drop up, man. It goes like hundred thousand, 80, 70, 
Dude, that is, see, that's the density thing where people, and I, I don't know, I, I, when people get uptight about like these freedoms and compassion and caring for others and not to get too like covid or too political right away, but when you're in a city or you're constantly around people versus mm-hmm. when you have that space and then these restrictions try to get applied to you as well. I, yeah. To me, I'd be like, I what the what are you talking about? We need to be super careful. Like we're never scrunched. We're not around people. Yeah. What are you talking about? We need gun control, man. We take gun. Like I need my gun in case somebody comes up to me, and or or no. a bear. Like yeah, where I'm at. Grant, it's not like where my cabin is, where we see bear pretty often. But like they, we've seen bear like twice last summer and once this summer, like thirty miles from where I live. So like. I mean, I can see people that don't want guns, but hey, I'm not going to like co-sign on some dipshit stuff. Yeah. So I want to go hunt. I want to bird hunt. I want to have fun with guns because I've been shooting since I was like five. Right. I fucking did one year because of it, but whatever. It's between that and loud stereos when I was in high school right. and still today, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, like, I'm... I just think I of mean, like DC lawmakers. Like, like I, I definitely think it's pretty necessary but like yeah i can see people who don't want it but like i don't know where we're at it's pretty necessary because like i mean when i was in high school i used to do this thing called trap shoot which is all you do is go shoot i think it's 25 clay pigeons that come out of like a little house and uh it was pretty funny like i was using my dad's old 12 gauge shotgun which was like 120 bucks from like 1978 and you got guys with like ten or twelve thousand dollar shotguns, and I hit a perfect. I hit perfect once <laughs> when I was like seventeen, next to a guy who had like a, I mean, fifteen thousand dollar shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the not the gun, it's the operator probably. So like, I would like to be able to do that. Yeah, and with the whole COVID thing, like when it first happened, I mean, I, I gave it a two weeks and then maybe a little bit more grace period. But once it got summer out here. And, like, we were the only county in my state where they're like, we're not going to let you golf. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go call everybody above you, and we're going to fucking make it so we can go golf. <laughs> and by that weekend, we were golfing. No shit. Well, and, and, like, the main thing was, like, if we have to separate, okay, we'll all take our own carts. Easy. Yeah. Golf's outside. Boom. The sun. Boom. I mean, it was just laughable. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, and it kills time. It's the per- it was literally the perfect coast where they did that yeah. shit for like a week and a half in Delaware, and it didn't last. And my par yeah. three game, I finally got to what what would it be an eighteen? You're supposed to shoot what fifty four at a par three. I finally got to seventy two. <laughs> I could oh. finally like consistently bogey, and I was yeah. like, dude, what you're fucking killing me right now? What where else can I go for two and a half hours to be out in the yeah. sun to be by myself when literally everything else is shut down? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are we doing? Yeah, no, it was, and I don't know, I just got pretty, I got pretty fed up with it pretty fast. Now it seems like they're trying to bring it back. It's just like, I don't know if you saw the old uh, lady in the blue dress saying who she was with her pronouns and all that happy horseshit. I was just like, what are we doing here? Can we be done with this? Yeah. I'm like, can we go back to how it used to be or some fucking semblance of thereof? Yeah. See, but I think a little bit gets into the density perspective 
and what I'm thinking about for people out like in your situation, cows to people ratio and just space is like, you probably don't come across like if you go to a bar, you, are you, do you have the chance to meet a hundred new people? Do you have like 20 bar options where all of a sudden you could run into everybody? Yeah, right. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you'll, see, you'll see people you don't like see or haven't seen for a while or yeah. don't know, but you're going to know a lot of people where I'm at. And there's, I don't think there's 20 bar options. I think it'd be pretty close, maybe in the whole county, but I don't know about in town. Yeah. So I think these people that make these decisions just get surrounded gotcha. by so many people and they don't know like what it's like to kind of be alone or have that space especially Absolutely. if you're from the east coast it's just so yeah. fucking dense no they it honestly seems like they're surrounded by yes people so i won't just say yes men but it seems like they're just <laughs> surrounded by people who want to further their their political aspirations and whatever that means it's just gonna you're gonna co-sign on some stupid shit and you're gonna honestly i mean you're probably voting against whoever elected you's interests or best interests you're going for your interests which is definitely not why you were elected at least that's how i've been interpreted or interpreted you right. know can i go back i should have asked when you called the person above the county do you mind like how does that to get the golfing okay because i i like oh, that story like how did that actually happen called the state uh what is it the state rep i called his office and i got some aid and he's just like wait you guys can't golf there and I was just like, no, he's just like, I'll definitely see what I can do. And I was just like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when you bitch about uh, like a telephone bill or a cable bill. You're like, I'm going to switch services. You can't really do that. But you're just going to like kind of come hard and then you're going to like soft sell it. Yeah. And then hopefully get your way. Or not, maybe not even your way. Just it wasn't for me. It was for everybody because we were going stir crazy. It was nice out. It was spring. All I wanted to do was go golf and it was gorgeous. And we did it. Dude, that's kind of cool. I, I like the ambition. Well, I mean, it's either that or sit in your house. I mean, I had a couple buddies who got, and that was the one thing I never got placed on quarantine. I've never taken uh, a COVID test. So, I, I mean, I'm sure I've had it because I had or still have the antibodies. I only know that because I get blood. Oh. Uh, but, uh, it's just, I had some buddies who got back-to-back -back quarantines. It seemed like it would have been fun if you could have done it with, like, your buddies, but, like, because well, they, all they did was just, like, play video games for all day. I'm like, that's sweet. Right. <laughs> I didn't like, have that option. I had to work the whole time. I was going to say, it's like being a grown man and getting grounded, but then you yeah. get to, like, relive your 11-year-old life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and the other issue, like, I don't know what your guys' situation out there was in Delaware, but... I worked in person the whole time. Well, oh. like I had friends who weren't working, which what was what that whatever, or working at home. But like after a time, I was like, I'm getting bored, you know, or not bored, but like this sucks. I wish I could stay home. Yeah, and like wear sweatpants every day. <laughs> Shorts. Um. Uh, yeah, it was hilarious for me being. Uh, so we went remote when COVID first hit. I'm a teacher, so we went remote oh. to end the year that COVID started. And then, yeah. or it was a big deal, whatever that March was. Then the following year, we basically went remote on Wednesdays, but we had to go to work. So I'd wear like a decent polo and just shorts and freaking flip-flops. I'm hanging out, Zooming with kids. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, some people were remote. Shit, man, some people for the state are still remote. Two years later, offices are still shut down. And you're like, 
I guess, sell the office building maybe? Shouldn't taxes yeah. drop now since no, we don't need space for people? Well, I mean, that's what a lot of people realized. I mean, I didn't have that option when I was working in radio. Now, I mean, I probably, if I was working the job I have now, maybe that would have been an option. But I, didn't, I, I honestly didn't mind it. I mean, it would have been nice to have, you know, that whole paid swab two weeks off yeah. thing. Yeah. Although I also got out of the whole two and a half or whatever years it's been without getting, you know, COVID tests. So that's pretty sweet. Is it? Why is I, that? Well, I don't know. I haven't gotten one. So I, I, they always look like they're uncomfortable. And it was like, it's not that bad. I'm like, I mean, neither was getting a tongue ring, but it wasn't that fun. You have a tongue ring? No, I used to. But I mean, <laughs> I like, I, I try to think about something shitty that happens to your face. I didn't know what else to compare it to. <laughs> I was like, a bee up your nose, baby? I don't know. I'm um, trying to full time without it. Uh, tell me the tongue ring story. What was, who was the girl? Uh, no, so it was just in college. I was trying to impress a girl. But right? uh, no, funny thing about that was I got it pierced when I was in a fraternity. And that weekend I swallowed it. <laughs> and I like, because I like, it was where I got all my tattoos. And I was called this. <laughs> the shop and I was just like can I talk to so and so and they're like yeah they're like hey it's I, I explained who I was because I'd only been there like I don't know five or ten times but then I like explained who I was I was like hey can I come get another tongue ring she's like why I was like I swallowed it she's like you have what she couldn't believe it she's like how'd you do that and I was like I mean maybe I snorted practicing I yeah I don't know like I, I couldn't tell you I Honestly, I had it in my mouth when I went to bed, and when I woke up, it wasn't there. So I thought I swallowed it. I didn't check, but that, that was my best guess. Gotcha. And you never noticed it, like, coming out the other end, huh? Well, I mean, that's the one thing I didn't, I mean, I didn't check it too, too close. Gotcha. But that was, my, that was my first and last thought of it. But yeah, then I ended up doing it again, so um, it was short-lived. Yeah, how'd you approach the girl once you got it? You just like stood uh, there and started flicking it, doing the teeth thing to make the sound, hoping she would notice yeah, or which in hindsight probably is fucking stupid. <laughs> Hitting the enamel off your fucking teeth when you're like not trying to impress girls. There's probably other things you could do, like I don't know, conversation or, you know Go to the gym, something. wear a tank top. That would have been i yeah, that would have made more sense. I think that would have probably got me more or at least a, a more diverse uh Type, I suppose. <laughs> Instead of the, so what was, why did you think the tongue ring would impress her? Was it like the stereotype or had she mentioned something? No, I just thought it, well, I, I always thought, I just thought, thought it was, it was badass. Of, yeah. I mean, as badass as a tongue ring could be, I guess. In <laughs> hindsight, it wasn't that. It was not my, not one of my finest moments, but th that's what it's like being an 18 or 19 year old kid. You got to, make some stupid fucking mistakes. Yeah, you should. Well, yeah, I, hopefully that you make the mis... I always want... When I think of people making mistakes, I want them to be as young as possible. Oh, yeah. You or know? at least be able to, like, learn from them and, like, bounce back. Yeah, exactly. Younger you are, the res more resilient. More people are willing to forgive you because they, yeah. like, understand just how stupid young people are. It's like, hey, all right, you're supposed to be that. Well, and you have a less of a slate of bullshit along with you, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, being younger. I mean, if you're like a, I don't know, if you're in your mid to late 40s and you're still doing some dumb shit, people are going to be like, hey, here comes old numbnuts. Except midlife crisis guy. Yeah. yeah. 
frat guy. Whereas <laughs> if you're like a 20 year old kid, they're like, eh, we'll give him a chance. He's just kind of a dumb dumb. Yeah, and he's finding himself. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what it is. Tell me about the fraternity. So yeah, I guess talk, talk to me a little bit about your college experience, man. Because I never went to an actual college. I went to like community college and then I took a bunch of online classes. I never went like away, got the dorm experience, had the opportunity to just fucking party like that. You know, I always had to drive somewhere. I always had to work. It kind of sucked to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, so college wasn't bad. I mean, I don't know how deep you want to get into it. Like uh, I hated dorm life because I had a fucking weird roommate my freshman year at like the big big party school in my state so like the two colleges like that you may have heard of or have seen in like an ncaa 2a tournament would be missoula which is university of montana or bozeman which is montana state i went to university of montana in missoula and proceeded to have a really cool two years where i didn't do a lot of, i went to class but i didn't do a total lot of learning you know what i'm saying <laughs> it was a lot of fun i found myself uh, I, I, like I said, I was in the frat that was, uh, I honestly thought it was going to be like, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the old frat stand, uh, standby movie animal house. I literally thought it was going to be like animal house. And then once it wasn't, I was just like, this sucks. Honestly, I thought it was just going to be all parties all the time, yeah. which it was a lot of that, but there was a lot of other bullshit that I didn't really like dealing with like meetings about like what? Chapter meetings, I think they were called. Ugh. What do you do in a chapter meeting? It's a bitch session, is what it was, at least where I was. It's a bunch of fucking... They weren't grown, man, because we were all fucking, like, 19 to, like... I mean, there might have been, like, a 22-year-old, but, like... I don't know. It was... We didn't get a whole lot accomplished. What do you... We, we planned some cool parties. That was fun. Like, that was solid. And then, like... It was hilarious when I was a pledge. No one else knew how to operate a barbecue so i instead of letting people like die from fucking salmonella or food poisoning i was like i'll be on the grill which turned out to be pretty solid when you're in a party town and they're like hey i'll trade you this for a burger i was like that's that works i like that <laughs> oh shit is that how that works oh yeah really definitely during like when people are shit hammered at like like i mean it's not division one it's whatever division two i think missoula uh but like those tailgates are off I mean, I think I went to one game in two years, and I went to every tailgate, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Mainly because it was, honestly, the games were all right. Like, I had a, I, had, I went to high school with a buddy who walked on at the Grizz and then played in the NFL. Oh, no way. So he was going to school there, which was pretty funny. Uh, well, not funny, but, like, we had a few, not classes together, but classes in, like, similar, or the same building, and I'd see him a few days a week. He'd always give me shit, and I'm like, I still can't believe you're, Playing for the Grizz, it's wild. I mean, he was always a stud, and clearly he was a stud if he played in the NFL, but, you know. Yeah, it's – I had I coached a kid who got drafted by the A's. So I coached him in seventh and eighth grade in basketball, and he got drafted for baseball. And mm -hmm. you just, like – I fuck – like, I was around you. Like, I made you come off the bench. <laughs> Cause yeah. you would miss a practice cause you were travel, yeah. you were playing travel ball. And I'm like, it's unfair to the other kids who showed up and you fucking turn into a major leaguer. It's like, what do I know? Maybe I should have played you more, but it is weird when you're around people. And then you see years later, you're like, fuck, I was around that dude back in the yeah. day. It's eerie. Well, so like his graduating class when we were in high, when we were in high school, I was a freshman and they were seniors. 
they won state football, which I don't think they've done where I'm from since we were double A, I think back in like the seventies. And uh which would be like four A in like Texas. I don't know how it works everywhere yeah, else, but I'm... uh but uh they went undefeated that year and then he went to play at the Grizz. The uh, second receiver played at the Frontier Conference level. The quarterback was a two-time uh, national champion in Frontier Conference at Carroll. So, like, they – and, like, they, they that wasn't the only people who played college sports, but those were, like, the three I can think of offhand. Yeah. And the one who went to, the, obviously, the NFL. But they had a pretty solid class. Like, I mean, it's pretty wild. Granted, they were older than me, but, like, you know – I mean, I watched them play tennis. It was pretty sweet watching them play tennis. Like, they, I think they won state a few times. But, I mean, winning state at football is pretty impressive, yeah. I think. Oh, dude, definitely. Especially. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, you don't even have a million people, so it's not that impressive. No, Isn't just it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, we play, I mean, Grant, I didn't play football in high school, but, like, they play when it's fucking cold as shit in, like, November. <sighs> yeah, it hurts like, a little bit. Get stung. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I played... Uh, I didn't play those kind of sports. I mean, when I was younger, I guess. Not in high school, though. I'm curious. Did you have to to go back to college? I'm curious with pledging, aside from the grill, did you have to do anything stupid or was it just lame little things to actually get into the fraternity? Oh, there was a lot of bullshit. I think it was like pledge week sucked. You had to like give like your food card, which was stupid. But I had the wherewithal to be like, hey, can I get a food card? They're like, do you have an idea? I was like, yeah, here you go. So I, because they didn't want you to eat like outside of the fraternity. Like oh. when you were there, you had to wear like a certain outfit or uniform. It was, and it was just not, you couldn't like, you couldn't drink or do drugs for like a week. Uh, you couldn't do, like commit to any vices. Well, you laugh, but like there was a lot of people who were doing drugs that were in that fraternity. So it was like, it made sense for not, you know, drinking or doing drugs. And that, you know, that includes just, like, you know, smoking the weed, so. But, uh, yeah. But, like, even by the end of it, like, they, the last thing they do is, like, temptation night where they, like, tempt you with, like, you know. Oh, and women. You can't hang out with girls. You can't. You're not even supposed to talk to girls or look at them for a week. I was like, look at them. I'm looking at them. And I'm probably talking to them, too. Because, like, my cousin lived there. And I'm like, if I see her, I'm not, not going to talk to her. Because then she's going to be like, what the, what's your deal? Then I'm going to deal with that. So I don't want to deal with that. So I'm going to talk to her or whoever I really want to. I don't know. It was, it was, but yeah, but, but like by the end of temptation night, like I think, I think I pledged with like four other dudes. I think it was like five of us. And, uh, like there was one like real, like kind of pretty boy. We just called him Zach Morris. Cause he, he looked like he was just the perfect kid. They even got him on temptation night by playing fucking cribbage as a vice cards. You couldn't play cards? I guess. That's I'm nice. like, I was like, if you caught Jason, we're all fucked. <laughs> he's a goddamn church altar boy, even though I was. I was like, he's a current altar boy, not a reformed. That Dude, that doesn't sound like a fun pledge week, but I'm going with like old school, the movie Will Ferrell, um, Vince Vaughn. Have you seen it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Like they start their fraternity and they have them doing a bunch of stupid shit. I know I get it's Hollywood, it's dramatic, but oh no, we had to do a bunch of dumb shit, like like cleaning the house, like with like toothbrushes and stuff like that, uh, or like waiting on people, like being maids or butlers for people. No, we had, we did some dumb shit, and then like during uh, was it Pledge Week? 
that like you get like I think it's you're, it's basically like an antique, you know, with like flour, but you get beer on your first. Someone threw like a half a beer and it hit me in the eye and I fucking shiner. So that sucked. <laughs> that was like that's what probably was the worst of it. But like no, it was just it was just not that fun. Like the like the parties were fun. Like that's all I thought it was gonna be. I didn't think it was gonna be like other stuff, especially yeah. the meetings. Those were just miserable. That just wasn't that fun. Yeah, I'm surprised that they. What's the point? Do you have to keep like a charter by actually having the meeting? Like, why not just lie and be like, we had a meeting if you have to have one? Yeah, that's probably what it is. I don't know. I, I was only in it for like a year and a half. I, I got kind of bored with it. So gotcha. after a while, I was just like, I don't know. You, you, you probably have to ask somebody who's in it longer, who's got better, who's still affiliated or yeah. whatever it is. No, like I always, I always wonder about the people because I've never been the guy who like, goes to college, joins the fraternity, and all of a sudden you get like the, what's it like, skull and bones? Or you get like, you become a fucking mason, or you understand how to like... I wish like that. This was not like that. You know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> if I was a mason, I'd, granted, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you, but that would be sweet. No, there was no... I mean, we hung out in a brick building. That's about as close as we got to the Masonic Temple. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so did you... Do four years at the college? I know you had said something about going abroad. Yeah, no, so I did two years there and then kind of came back to where I'm from and then I finished school at uh, the college in my hometown. Gotcha. Um, why'd you wind up leaving? Did you fail out? Was it party probation you got put on? No, I, it wasn't anything like that. I mean, I definitely, I think my cumulative GPA when I transferred out of Missoula was like, Maybe like a 1.8 or like a 2.1. It was fucking low. <laughs> two like, ones respectable. A two ones respectable. Once you yeah, hit that I, one, it's over. Yeah, I think I think it was a two one or a two three. Because by the time I graduated college, I had like a three eight, <laughs> which is pretty fucking solid. Like granted, yeah. it's a lot different when you go to like. So like, here's an example of like size. Like, I think it was Yuri Lecture Hall had like you know. Three, maybe 300 seats, but you know, they have like 200 kids in the class, which is a lot. Yeah. Like my graduating class started when we were in sixth grade with like 190. I think I graduated with 135. Well, a lot of kids go out to the rest yeah. and play basketball. So, uh, uh, okay. Well, and what back when I was in high school, it's like between two, two towns on the res that's really close to us. I think it's whatever was better that they'd go play for. Oh, interesting. So, They'd come to middle school here and then they'd go to high school out there. I don't know. I never really understood it. But uh, what was that? What were we talking about? Sorry. No, well, it was just why you, I was kind of making an assumption that you failed and partied out. And then oh, you were talking about your yeah. GPA, oh, how it yeah. went up with the class sizes. Okay. So class sizes. Yeah. Yeah. So like back when I transferred to Northern, it was even like the big like lecture class, which was like, I think geology. It was like 40 kids. Right. Then like small classes, I had like six in graphic design. So like if I needed instructor help, it worked pretty well. And I knew the guy since I was like knee high to a grasshopper. Nah, maybe not that. I probably knew him since I was like 12 though. So like it wasn't that hard to ask for him. And my roommate was in that class who was a lot better. At least he's a way better artist than me. He's probably better at computers than me too. If we're being totally fair. So did you just admit that he did most of the assignments for you? Is he the reason no, you got up to the three? No, 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 no. I, I did all my stuff in graphic design. Uh, in total <laughs> fairness, I did have a buddy help me get through CAD. 
And then the funny thing is, you being a teacher, I was a teacher. No way. I had a high school cat, and I hated it. I wanted to tell the principal, like, I took cat. I'm not good at cat. I shouldn't teach cat, especially advanced cat. What's cat? I felt bad. It's like what you do if you want to become uh, an architect. Oh. And I felt bad because there was this really, like, promising girl in the class. Like, I was like, you can... After a time, I was just like, you can do what you want, like, as far as, like, the stuff goes. <laughs> Independent study. You've mastered it. <laughs> well, no, no, because, like, she knew, like, the AutoCAD better than I did, but, like, I knew this other program better. I was like, I'll help you with this, but if it's AutoCAD related, you're going to have to, like, do it, because, like, I'm okay with it, but, like, if we're tan scaling it, I'm a five, and she was probably, like, an eight, and she was, like, a senior in high school. <laughs> Good so, for you to recognize yeah. that though, man. Like that's, you know, you're not oh, the no. dude that's trying to be like, oh yeah, Mr. Know-it-all type shit. No, I, I was, I think I was 25 when I was a teacher. I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. Although like I was kind of a hard ass in my, because I taught woodshop at the middle school level. You kind of have to be a hard ass. Yeah. Because you don't want kids to not have fingers. Yeah. Yeah. How that's interesting. That's another thing that like our shop class in our middle school I get very disappointed with it. It's not heavy on the technology, like building a computer, building a robot. It's not heavy on graphic design. It's not heavy on coding. It's not heavy on actually making birdhouses or desks, at least in the middle school level. Like they kind of shave a go-kart, a little, or oh. not a go-kart, the, the little car that you put a CO2 cartridge in and then you fire oh, it on yeah. the straight line. Pinewood Derby. Or, Pinewood no. Derby kind of thing, except yeah, yeah. it has a CO2 so it doesn't go yeah, straight yeah. down. And they put them on fishing lines. Yes. And they run them. Yeah, exactly. We did that when I was in high school, and like I can't. It was like tri survey of transportation communication. But yeah, no. Even in our middle school, like where I went to middle school, like we were using by, by eighth grade, you could use power tools, and by power tools, like the table saw, bandsaw, lathe, you know. But like when you were a sixth and seventh grader, you could use like hand tools or like hand power tools, so like a jigsaw. Yeah. Or, you know, like a saber saw or like, you know, like a crosscut saw. Yeah. See, I but just, no, I, I, I just, I, I don't know why, man, talking to you, I'm just keep going to like the difference in like what, what the culture values, what the community values. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's kind of interesting to think about that. Well, I suppose it's all just like regional. Cause like, right? I mean, I, I talked to people who were like, we didn't even have shop class. I was like, you didn't have shop class? What the hell did you do? <laughs> Like we had band. I was like, we had band too, but we also had a band saw that you could cut some shit up on. So much more. You could fun. also cut your shit. You could also cut the hell out of yourself on it too. Hopefully you wouldn't do that. But like, like I have a buddy who's a few years younger than me. He cut like here on his hand, pretty bad. But like between the thumb and there. Stuff. Yeah, like at the webbing. Yeah, but that's like, that's legit. Aren't there a bunch of fucking tendons in that? Or no? Oh, is yeah. that soft? Oh, I'm surprised he was totally fine. Like, really? Not like and like I've known a lot of people who've like you know had accidents or injuries in shop classes or so. Like I've always been super super cognizant and careful. Like when I was doing practicum or like student teaching hours, never not at the middle school, but like always at the high school, you'd see kids on their cell phones like in woodshop class. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you want to die? Like. How awesome would that be? Right now, it's not that important. You don't want to go around the rest of your life having four fingers on two hands. I'm going to tell you that right now. 
It, like, what are they, I mean, they have some fucking, like, wherewithal or common sense. Yeah, nah, dude. A lot, but still. Yeah, the wherewithal is focused on the, uh, whatever, the social media, the internet. Um, I, the Key and Peel. have you seen the substitute teacher? Yeah. A, Aaron hey, and Balaki, Balaki, <laughs> like, uh, I, D nice. Yeah. Um, I could like the skit in my head that I'm playing is like you running over and he's got like sandpaper. You slap the phone out of his hand. You're like, do you want to fucking die? <laughs> and it's like a file. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, yeah. Well, and, and like, do you want to, what do you want, buddy? Sorry. Uh, I didn't, maybe I was too loud. Do you need to go outside, boy? I think you're fine. Okay. He's just being super loud. Sorry. Gotcha. Maybe I got him hyped with my giggly, no. giggly ass. <laughs> maybe he did. He does like TV, so maybe he hasn't seen Keen Peel yet, though. Yeah. He loves a lot of TV, though. I will say. I. Hey, Chatty Kathy, you zip it. Yeah. Dude, was it? And I'm not trying to call you a perv in any way. But oh. being 25 and teaching in high school, especially seniors. So like I graduated with my teaching degree. I think I was 24 and it, I was like, I definitely don't want to go to high school because I'm like, I'm not trying to be around, have these weird chicks hit on me. And I'm just curious, dude, that's a heck of a jump for a young teacher. Well, and it was weird because like I lived a block from the middle school and the middle school was four blocks from the high school. So I would walk and I lived in an even smaller town than where I live now. So like Havers, like 8,000 where I taught was like, I think 1,800 maybe. It was small, maybe 2,000. So super small. The fact that I didn't drive. Do you need to go outside, boy? I mean, can I yeah. let him out? take a pause? Where were we when we... Well, I was just wondering, like the weird party thing or some girls trying to hit on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like that whole so... teacher affection thing. I just... It seemed like when the younger you are and if you're kind of, I don't know, quirky, entertaining, I could just see it being more trouble than it's worth for like a part-time job. It definitely job. could have been if you were only at the high school. Like, uh, But I only like spent one period a day there, so it wasn't that bad. And I only had three kids in my uh, advanced architecture class. One was the really like, you know, super with it girl who's been, who was probably an architect as we speak. I looked, at, looked up on her. I would imagine that's probably what she's doing. The other kids were little tiny freshmen and then like maybe a little bit taller sophomore who didn't seem like they were super into it. They looked like they might have gotten into this class late kind of thing. So whatever. <laughs> a little filler. It wasn't really a big deal. But like the nice days, I would longboard to the high school, which everybody thought was weird. I'm like, <laughs> why would I not get exercise for four blocks? I'm not going to walk this nice out. Yeah, well, yeah, why would the long... Because it's a, like, surfer, California, beachy thing. They call thing. me the hippie teacher. Yeah. Because I had right. a beach long hair. Like, yeah, yeah. Can I longboard? I guess. Yeah, see, that's what I was wondering. Would they be like... Did kids approach you be like, hey, hippie teacher, can I score yeah. some pot type shit? Well, never nothing that overt, but I did have a... What do you call it? A paraprofessional ask me. She's like, now, just between you and me, do you know where to score anything? And I'm like, What? <laughs> She's like, your eyes are on his red. I was like, I'm in a fucking wood shop. Have you seen the dust collection system that doesn't work? I took it apart and it still doesn't work. My eyes are red because I'm fucking covered in sawdust because the suction doesn't work at all. Suction sucks. Yeah, it's, it was beyond suck. 
she's like, do you know where to score or something along those lines? I was like, no. You don't seem cool. I was gonna say, did you just not want to actually have to like smoke a joint with her? Be like, fuck, yeah, man, like I'm gonna get you something. Yeah. <laughs> I hung out with my homeboy. How'd you get into the teaching part? Did you go to school for teaching, or was that yeah. like a fallback when you got back home? No, nope. so uh, that was the fallback when I went to the small school. I went and took a meeting with like. I don't know. Do they have guidance counselors at the college level? I I, I went and saw them. I don't know if that's their title, but that's essentially what they do, right? Yeah. They check on your grades, so, and you're like, hey, this yeah. is the pathway. This is what I'm hoping for. My mom's friend, her husband, was like a counselor, and he's just like, hey, come up here and talk to me. And he's just like, hey, I know that you like building stuff. Do you ever want to teach? I was like, not really, but I guess. He's like, well, there's 100% placement, placement rate with industrial tech teachers in the state of Montana. So I was like, he's like, you can basically pick where you want to get a job. The fine print was, you're going to have some shitty fucking choices of the first go. <laughs> so like, I probably like of the three places that I interviewed, the one was just sketch fest. Like it turned out it was like legit, like really close to like where there's a bunch of like white national socialists up in Idaho. <laughs> this, the, Supposedly that this place might have been an offshoot of that to some degree. I don't know. I don't want to get into too much detail on that, <laughs> but I could definitely, I could tell you some more offline about that. <laughs> uh, the second place I interviewed was like, if I would have known that my brother ended up in Bozeman, I would have definitely taken that place because it was like 45 minutes from Bozeman. But unfortunately, it, I think it recently just flooded. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys saw all that information about like the Yellowstone River. The Yellowstone, yeah, I saw a couple of videos of the homes that I guess are on the river just fucking gone. Yeah. So it's not very close to where we are, but like in the southern part of the state, but like if I would have went to that second place, that I think that place got affected. I don't think it was on Yellowstone. I think it was near it or just north of it kind of thing. But uh, and then the place I taught was really, really small really like i'm from a rural place but like half of the kids are city kids you know like most of my friends didn't grow up on farms a lot of them did like total fairness like some of the some of the, my best friends grew up and still farm or ranch like that's there's nothing to like shake the stick about because like they can usually get on their land and go hunting so that's pretty sweet but uh no like like most of the people from that small town were like, you know, pretty egg based. And like the fact that I didn't, I don't know, maybe I didn't ingratiate myself good Did enough. Did you say egg based? Yeah. Like, so like farm ranched, oh. not like, not like, <laughs> like AG, like agriculture. Sorry. Egg super big here. That's just. Oh, like, ag. Agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I thought it was <laughs> like a weird way to call people i don't know like super intelligent egghead or some shit like that yeah farmers and ranchers (laughs) (laughs) i forget that everybody doesn't know the jargon of uh rural montana that's what so yeah then go into that really small town i my first teaching job was at a smaller place in the western sussex and i didn't realize it at first that like the discipline if you had a problem with a kid you didn't have a problem with the kid if you knew like people in his family. So yeah. like when you had an issue, it was like, boy, I know your uncle would blah, blah, be okay with you acting like this. Yeah. Do I need to get 
And then you like say the name of like some grandmother or aunt or mom and they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, you know. But yeah. like if you don't know any of that shit and you're like, dude, read your book, they're like, fuck are you? So like that and kind of being the new teacher in town probably wasn't the best. But what I really noticed from the difference between like, I didn't think I was out of school that long compared to these kids. Like honestly, when it was parent-teacher conference night, it was either going to be good or horrible. <laughs> Not your parents are going to get into a fight and like say that the teacher's the asshole for your kid not succeeding. It's just like, no, I spend way more time than you do with your kid. You don't know what's really up with this guy, but I'm not going to tell you because you don't care. It's just like, I, I saw it as there were the parents that definitely were invested who were an advocate for their kids, which would be like, Anything their kid says, they're going to believe. It's just like, okay, I had a few friends like that when I was growing up. That was the fucking not norm. That was the absolute outlier when I was a kid. Like, you had to be accountable. And please believe, I've had to apologize for so much stupid shit I've done. From being, like, a little kid all the way to, like, still being an adult. Now I do it on my own volition. But, like, back in the day when you had to do it, and you just hated it. Yeah. There's none of that now. Then there's the kids' parents who... Or just totally checked out, which I think that's probably been a thing the whole time. And then there still is the the small, you know, minority now, which used to be probably the big majority, at least out here. I don't know about Delaware, but like, honestly, it's just like, what's wrong with my kid? If there's any problems, if you don't tell anything to them, you tell it to me. It's just like, or like the ones that you can tell how they were raised by how they act in your class. You can totally tell. It's just like you're respectable. You respect your friends. You respect your teachers. Yeah, you can joke around, but at the end of the day, you're a good kid. I don't want to say good or bad, but like that's what they are. You can definitely tell. <laughs> yeah, properly. They know and, how to act. And it's not hard. It's like they say, I mean, you obviously don't want to judge a book by its cover, but like you crack that book open a few pages, you can get a pretty good stuff. Read the back. If you at least read the back of the cover, <laughs> didn't take yeah, me long to read feel, you. You can feel the braille on these pages. Or so many times it was checked out. It's like, oh, this is a bad book here. <laughs> dust. It's yeah. like, that's not sawdust coming off of that kid. No one's checked that's this one out for a while, so there's going to be some issues neglect. here. <laughs> Dude, I can't even... I'm trying to think back, too, to my early parent-teacher conference days, and it's weirdly intimidating to oh, talk about right. kids, especially if you don't ha like, I didn't realize it at the time. I'm like, who the fuck am I talking to the, some parents about kids? And like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even have a dog. I lost my first cat. Yeah. I don't have a kid. I don't know what I you don't... have to deal with. Yeah. No. I, and then like, it was kind of nice. Like, I, I, I don't know. You're, are you a history teacher? Is that what you are? Uh, reading. Reading. Okay. Yeah. So you probably have a little more, you know. Yeah. So I matter. Some of the, like, yeah. that's why I was surprised with you going to conferences. Yeah. Like, who the fuck, what woodshop, what exploratory yeah. teacher so that was the nice thing, goes like, to conferences? <laughs> maybe 30% of the parents that would be at the conference, you know, or say there's 10, you know, parents to see their kids' teachers, three might come see me. Right. Maybe. Yeah. They're like, I don't give a fuck about the woodshop teacher. What are you getting woodshop? B? Fuck, that's fine. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. But then like as the kids get older, they like they lose recess and then the specials or the encore classes turn into their recesses and y'all mm. tend to have to deal with just kids being knuckleheads more so than the classes that matter. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, and then the shitty thing when I was student teaching, like, back when I remember student teachers, like, they'd leave and come back. I had to do lunch duty, and I hated it. How do you lunch duty? Eighth grade lunch. Yeah. At the middle school. My first week, I had to break up a fight between a girl who was about, I don't know, probably 5'10", 140, and a girl who was not five foot and who didn't weigh 100 pounds, so it was not a fair fight. Right. And let's just say I put the one who was beating the other one up on the ground. And I got thanked by the principal, the vice principal, my teacher, and the resource officer. Thanked? I thank you. I'm like, no problem. What was your uh, technique? Do you have jujitsu background? No, I, but I wrestled when I was a kid. So like, oh. all I did was, she had her in full mount, so I don't know if you watched like UFC. So she was like raining punches down. I grabbed her like I was a cop, so I grabbed both of her arms. Outside, tripped her and put her ass on the ground. <laughs> I caught her before she hit her head, but like she definitely went down some force. Smooth. I was like, You're being an asshole, and this girl's way smaller than you. This isn't fair. Yeah. Like if she would have said uncle, that would have meant she's done. But you didn't didn't give her that chance. Yeah, she wasn't able to tap out. You weren't acknowledging <laughs> the tap out. Both her arms were actually pinned under her, so she wouldn't have been able to tap. You're right. Oh God. Yeah, it was bad. So like I had to act pretty quick. I was just screaming for the resource officer who I know really well. I was just like screaming his first name, which is probably not good. I mean, maybe it's officer, his first name, but yeah. either way, I was like, give me some help here. Cause I don't know what to do. I mean, yeah. I know what to do. But I don't know if I should do this. Yeah. That's a weird, did you, did you find yourself debating in the moment? Like the consequences, no. like repercussions? Oh my God, this is a female. Is she going to say something about the way that I'm trying I to get her all? I was that was not the first fight I broke up. Like I broke up a fight between a kid who's a year younger than me. So this was when I was like 28. So he was 27 and a guy who was in his fifties. So like same thing, he was like mounted him. Now, the first thing I thought was kick him in the head. And I was like, that's probably not a good idea. So I just put him in the rear naked choke. But no, with the girl, I was just like, well, I can't like choke her or anything. So I'm just going to get her off the other girl. I was like, I figure I'm strong enough to lift up, lift up an eighth grader. And then subsequently, I was like, I'm going to put this girl on the ground because she probably deserves it. Not, well, you know, nothing. But the funny thing is, is my, what was the advisor at the college? She was from like Georgia or South Carolina. She's like, you might be in trouble with the police. I was like, the cops were there. They said, thank you. Like, I don't know what you're worried about. Like, everybody's happy. Because, <laughs> you know, you have to write your like whatever report. Yeah. Like, this happened today. It's just like, you got into a fight. I was like, yeah. It's like I didn't lose. Yeah, man. They, uh, I'm trying to think yeah. now. I don't, I know some teachers like in our school actually go, we have like teachers that are trained how to properly physically restrain a student who's wigging I would out. Would help. What's that? Like, I would say jujitsu would help a shitload. Oh, dude, I wish. I, I'd yeah. love like once a month. If the, if the school district's like, hey, you can take some Brazilian jujitsu, I'd be like, Time to fuck up. Dude, that'd be so great. You do, yeah. I, yeah, even if you would just pay for the lessons, I'd go after school myself yeah. just to be like, I'll buy training. the keys, I'll buy the, everything else that I need, the rash guards. But yeah, you pay for the, you, you buy, I fly. I'm trying to think of like, is the actual policy, because if like a teacher gets hurt, so say you tried to stop that fight, then that other girl, whatever, like breaks, breaks your arm. The liability that the school is in from your position at least around here, I think is a really big deal. And I think they encourage people to not 
break up fights unless you are one of those properly trained, which is weird. And, like, and, how do you just watch kids beat the shit out of each other, or one yeah, kid beat the shit out of another one? Productive. That seems <laughs> like not to get too political, but that seems like if the guy who uh, didn't act at that mall didn't act, yeah. then it would have been a lot worse. So you got to fucking act. I mean, yeah. I trained, not trained. I, I, I think I take like my chances against a fucking eighth grade girl. I mean, and I've seen the worst fight I saw when I was in school was like probably the toughest kid in my grade versus a big motherfucker who was a year older than us. And like a skinny fucking English teacher broke that shit up. So like, it don't matter. Fucking break that shit up. That's what I learned from that. I was like, I was like the teacher would have got fucking wrecked by either one of these big motherfuckers. But like he grabbed them both by the collar and they fucking broke it up. So like, I hate to say it, like you need a good, a good guy in the situation is probably what you need. Yeah. And yeah. It'd be great if you're trained. And if you're not, I don't know. I mean, hopefully you're stronger than a, are you stronger than a fifth grader? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think how many push ups would I have to do at night to be stronger than a fifth grader? I believe the answer is two. If I can do yeah. two push ups, I'm stronger yeah. than a fifth grader. And I don't even think you got to maintain those two. I think you can do two. <laughs> Two weeks and I think you're fucking good. <laughs> and they don't have to be consecutive. You can do one no. rest, do the yeah, other. <laughs> one in the morning, one in the evening, for sure. If you can do half, if you can just plank in a diamond push up position, you are stronger than a fifth grader. Yeah. yeah, if you can do one mountain climber on each side, you're good, but <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's better to act. Yeah. In action is worse than action, I think. Yeah. In most and, I'm thinking of policy-wise, like who are the majority of teachers are women. middle middle-aged women yeah. who Frail, probably frailish women. Yeah, middle-aged <laughs> to older women. Yeah, right. Like I mean, we knew the teacher flab stereotype of like the underarm when they go to the chalkboard, and it's just like you'd always like you like Ooh. <laughs> you'd hate when it summer came like around. A lit teacher, just like some old marm poor thing. <laughs> But yeah, no, you got you got to do something. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, so do you not teach anymore? No, no. So no, I haven't taught since. I didn't love. I had a bad experience. I've thought about maybe going back. Like my cousin's wife is like a teacher and guidance counselor at one of the reservation schools near us, and she's like, "Oh, we're looking for a woodshop teacher." And the crazy thing is they have the nicest like woodshop probably in the state. And they also have a bunch of like different, like I think glass blowing stuff. Cause like the guy who did it before was like, he did it for a long time and he was pretty like well known around the state for being like having a really, really good program and would work with like colleges and other stuff. So like, I mean, I don't know, it might be something that, you know, you come back to, it's just the, you'd have to have a good district you know, hopefully decent students that at least, I don't know, want to be there. That was like the nice thing that you could reach, like, you know, the kids that weren't, that were like, I fucking hate like the core subjects, but like, I'll come work on some fucking woodshop shit with you. Like, yeah, I'm going to have to teach you how to read a ruler and we're going to do a shitload of math. But like, by the end of it, you'll fucking build something and you'll be, you know, hopefully happy about it. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that was a nice thing about it. Well, that, that's the coolest part of having, to me, the coolest part of schools, especially middle and, ele- or middle and high school, is you're not paying for experiences. 
Like if you go to college yeah. and you think something's cool, I got to sign up for a class and whatever, I'm paying $400, $1,000 a credit. In high school, you can kind of, or middle school, you can kind of try to find yourself. And if you can find a reason to come to school, that's a big deal. And oh, hopefully yeah. like, even if your English and math sucks, but if you look forward to Woodshop, hopefully you don't like sleep in every day. Hopefully that at least yeah. makes you come to school and then stay in school. Exactly. No, like my senior year, I took like, I was in the automotive wing for everything, but I think government class. Like I spent all of my time down there. Cause like, honestly, like I didn't have welders at my house. I mean, it, it turns out we had an art welder that my dad would never fucking let me use. But like, you could go to school and you could weld. You could go to school and you could use like any fucking tool that you, you know, you could go be in like, you know, your auto shop class and take apart, you know, a small engine or, you know, work on your own car, do diagnostic stuff on your own vehicle, which we had to do a senior year. Like, I mean, real fucking world shit that you can still fucking like, oh, I did this. I remember how to do this. I'm going to do this now. Yeah. Like there are things that I learned from like, granted, it's pretty fortunate because the guy I learned woodshop from was who I did student teaching with at the middle school where I'm from. So that was pretty sweet. And then I also subsequently got most of his like lesson plans and a lot of his like projects. So that was fucking also pretty clutch. Um, so you don't want to go back because the experience that made you leave was that bad? Like you're that scarred? Have you seen counseling? Can I maybe counsel you? Well, I mean, you could maybe counsel me. I don't, I mean, I've seen counselors, but I would never talk about that. Uh, <laughs> that seems pretty back stuff. Like I, I just, I, I was just burnt out from uh, a not great district and no support where I was. Gotcha. Like I had, so like I was the hippie teacher, but like other than my buddy who's from like the same county as me, I only had two friends who I taught with, you know, that I'd like hang out with outside of like school, mm -hmm. other teachers, but like everybody else kind of gave me the cold shoulder because like they were all established, like married with kids, like they don't want to hang out with some 25 year old, which I get, but like at the same time, like I'm not going to probably stay around if I don't get, you know, the, I don't need preferential treatment, but that don't treat me like a pariah kind of thing. And it's not all woe is me. It definitely, yeah. I probably have more, but like, so, for example, I didn't want to do it, but, like, I was, like, because the, the guy before me was, like, I did the concession stands. I think you should do that. So it was a little bit of extra money, which wasn't much, but it was, like, a way to, like, you know, get out on Saturdays and see more people, which was not a bad thing, but, like, I don't know. That's interesting, man. The relation aspect in a school retaining teachers. I guess I'm getting all, like, sociology with it, but I had not considered – I had considered – being upset at like classroom management, right? Unruly kids and like that being yeah. a reason not to go back. But I had not considered what are most teachers, they are established with families because that, yeah. the teacher schedule doesn't get any better if you got a family. And then if yeah. you're a kid, it's like, what do we invite you over for Tommy's sleepover? Cause all I'm doing is baking cookies and telling kids not to piss the bed. Like, is that yeah. what you want to do Friday night? Okay, come over. <laughs> So, like, it wasn't bad. Like, I hung out with my buddy who was from a town that makes my town look like a giant metropolis. He's from, I think, he's either from Hingham or Redyard, I'm pretty sure. And the combined total of those towns is not 400 people, I bet. How do they even have 
do they have schools there or do they yeah how does that work in montana with all this rural shit man what do you ride a bus for like three hours so my town we never had you know really to deal with that but like if you lived out north or out south some people were out west but it's usually north and south the kids would have to like get up at like six and get on the fucking bus to go to school by eight then they were on the bus to like you know fucking 5 45 so that sucks you know like there are kids who i think got off like 30 miles north of town like and 44 miles is canada so like it's fucking you're reaching up there (laughs) so like you know those small towns when i was in high school it was actually no we'll go back i think i was in middle school so i'm from a place called the high line it's haver and then six tiny little fucking towns and then it goes farther and then it's like chester which is 60 miles away west i think it goes a little farther each way you know east and west but it's haver kremlin guilford hingham regard joplin inverness or inverness joplin i always mix those last two up so the haver to the closest one's 20 miles and then they're like either six or eight miles apart So I think I was in middle school. Each one of those had their own school. Like by that, I mean like a high school. Oh, really? By the time I was in like maybe, that was maybe elementary school. By the time I was in like late middle school, there was KG, which was Kremlin Guilford. There was Blue Sky, which was Hingham and Regard. And then Joplin Inverness was JI. So the, the two, JI and Chester went to CJI. And then they made, I think it was Blue Sky, which was KG, or no, it was North Star, which was KG and Blue Sky. So it was four towns and then two towns that were the farthest west with Chester, which I think was B, maybe C. I'm not sure. I think they were B. So like the way that it works, it's weird. Like we have double A, which is like the big towns. Then I'm A, B, and then C. So, like, when I was in high school, the town 20 miles east was B, and we'd play them in basketball. It was a pretty good rivalry, but now they're class C, so we don't play them anymore. Gotcha. So, I like, there's some weird distinction that I don't think A can play the C, which is silly, because it's like, now you have to drive. Like, so, I don't know how it works out there, but, like, when we go on, like, trips, it was anywhere from, like, you can get like a short trip, like in middle school, but like high school, like class A trips were like three hours plus to go play like basketball, to go to a golf tournament, to go to a swim meet. There was like a swim meet that was in Kalispell, which is farther west than like where our cabin is. That's like six and a half hours on like a cheese box or like a blue pony express is what they were called because that was our mascot <laughs> we had the second most interesting mascot written up in uh sports illustrated in like 2002 it was really? pretty sweet for the <laughs> That's... the blue ponies dude <laughs> it's such a random ass fact it's wild dude. what it's made like it... my Calvax, so... dude i'm just i'm a bunch of just useless information it sounds like you're meant to be a history teacher i you know you say that and like when I finally got my degree, I was like, I should have got a fucking history degree because I like history a lot more. Uh, why is it the second most interesting mascot, the Blue Ponies? That's what I, 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 I never understood it. And I honestly, people are like, what's the most? And I was like, I couldn't even tell you. I can't remember. I, I don't remember. I, I think it's weird because like back in the day, we used to like 
you know, use paint, like, you know, safe paint for a horse, but like they'd paint a horse and like you could ride it during like festival days and stuff. They maybe still do it. I don't know. Okay. Because I'm thinking of Boise State had that blue football field, which was a really yeah. big deal. The blue turf, yeah. Yeah, right. And then Eastern Washington went red, and that was a really big deal. But I've oh, not. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like wondering, like blue ponies, is that a war thing, or is that like some weird like albino? Like albinos are basically like white, right? If you see an albino yeah. animal, so like, is there some sort of blue genetic mutation where ponies are literally <laughs> blue out there? Uh. Someone saw probably a painted horse. They're like, "We like this. We're gonna go with the blue ponies." And it's stuck, man. It's yeah. wild. And it makes no fucking sense, right? There's like zero. Not at all. But zero. why would it? You know? <laughs> it shouldn't. Dude, but, uh, oh no, sorry. But you were saying you're a golfer, so uh, uh, I'm a big golfer too. That's the one thing that I miss about like since I've gotten my dog. I used to I. We try to golf almost six to seven days a week. Now I don't get a golf no here as much. Like, are but we talking like yeah. a legit par 70, 72, like 5,000, 6,000 yards? So we have two nine-hole courses, uh, but they have like, you know, two sets of tees on both of them. So it's like 18 kind of. Uh, so, but it's par 36. So it's a 72 par course. Uh, and I've actually gotten a hole-in-one at my home course. And... On vacation, I was two inches from getting another one, and I was so fucking pissed. Dude, that's bad. It was so bad. How far away was your hole-in-one? How far out were you? Uh, Just tell me the shot. It was 163 yards, and I hit an eight iron, and I have my ball still mounted, and I have my scorecard and all that happy horse shit, and it's in a little, <laughs> little display case. Because, like, I didn't know if I was ever going to hit another one again. So. And then I almost hit the other one, and I would have been like, that would have been sweet, because... Yeah, you just start adding to the wall. You're like, well, actually, it's not that hard. Yeah. Well, and once you do it, like, it's not like every time you do it, but like, now that you know it's possible, it's like, it couldn't definitely be done. I don't know. And it was sweet. I did it with my really good buddy. And uh, the whole, you got to buy everybody drinks rule. Right. Well, it was me and my buddy who were golfing, and the guy's owner, the owner's mom, who was at the clubhouse, so I think I got three shots, and it was pretty cheap. So got off. It game. wasn't during golf league or during a tournament, so you got to spend like five thousand dollars and go broke. Yeah, there's no fucking way. <laughs> I never way. understood that aspect of you get a hole in one, you have to buy drinks. It's just like you should buy me the bar. No doubt. I, yeah, I should just have an open tab at least for an hour. Give me an yeah. hour. And, a, and give me an hour and an Uber. Or an hour and an Uber. You know what actually would be cooler is whatever hole you get the hole in one in, you get that many free drinks. So it was hole four. Yeah, right. I'll take that. Yeah, that, that, dude, solid. that's that's decent buzz. Go home with. Oh yeah. Um. So one sixty three out. Like, did you know as soon as you struck it? Was there any doubt? Was there like backspin roll, lucky bounce, or straight skill? So it was. Uh, it was tracking like right at the cup, and it took one big bounce, and it took a second bounce. And I looked at my buddy, I was like, that didn't go in, did it? And he's just like, I mean, it, it might have. <laughs> and we got up there, and he's just like, oh, I can't fucking believe it. And I still have, I think I still have the Snapchat video saved. I can send it to you. <laughs> but, like, I lost my mind. The only thing I didn't do, which I wanted to do, was take my shirt off and, like, run. I was about to say. Other fairway, but I would have had to run across a bridge, so that would have been a miserable top sucker. But I, I Ric Flair wooed. I sent a Snapchat to everybody. I put it on Facebook, or not on Facebook, on Instagram. It was, it was sweet. 
the only thing that would have been better is if it would have been on my birthday. It was like four days before my birthday, so that would have been fucking sweet. Dude. And what'd you wind up shooting after a hole in one? So that's minus two right there. Uh, so I took an eight on the hole before it, which was a part of <laughs> I shot like a 41 with a fucking hole in one. I can tell you, but I'm, I'm like 95% sure I shot fucking five over bar. They're like, you got a hole in one. And I was, and, but then like I was bitching about it. My dad's like, what'd you get on the hole before it? And he's just like, I was like a triple bogey. He's just like, so you're plus one over two holes. And I was like, that's a good way to look at it. Dude, I'm looking at it like to just get refocused after triple bogeying. You know what I'm saying? Like to oh, lock I, back in. Yeah. Well, and then I was just like, I didn't want to play because I was just like elated. I didn't know if I could hit a ball. Right. Like I was like, you're, it's, I mean, it's definitely adrenaline because I was wild. Like it, I could feel it for like a hole and a half. Yeah. Dude, I've, I've never done anything cool. I've never hit like a buzzer beater in basketball. I've never hit a home run in Little League. You know what I'm saying? I've never thrown like or caught the touchdown pass and fucking whatever. And I've never hit the hole in one. I made like a decent 20-foot putt, but never for any stakes. Like if yeah. I hit a hole in one, it it has to be – I'm trying to think. Unless you are like a professional athlete and you're winning a championship, the hole in one has to be the most satisfying accomplishment for any weekend warrior. I think, I mean, it's got to be, for anybody who's probably an amateur, I mean, I can't think, I mean, maybe if you're an amateur fighter, you get a cool, like, spinning back kick knockout, but I still think that's probably more frequent than a hole-in-one. Like, yeah, right? I've been golfing since I'm, like, six, and I'm 32. I've been close, like, three times, and I've, I mean, I've put, I don't know how many par threes I've played. More than three, you know. <laughs> so I, it's just, I, and it's one well, of the hilarious thing. My dad, who's been playing golf since like I was born, he uh, when I told him he's, I got one, was like, "Fuck, I haven't even got one yet." I'm like, and then when I almost got one when we were playing golf, it was me, my brother, and my dad. And he's just like, "If you would have gotten two and I didn't have one, I just didn't know what I was gonna do." I was like, "What?" <laughs> Your hatred <laughs> is the reason the ball didn't go in. Yeah, Your energy clearly. sucked it back. Yeah. It's golfing since you're six. You did a lot of shit when you're young, man. Like shooting, golfing. Like Yeah, well, that's, that's the one nice thing about being from Montana. It's like, if you're not, you know, outside, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> not saying I didn't like, you know, hang out inside. Like, it's cold for a long time up here. So, like, right. you know, winter months you're inside. But, like, you can be outside. Why not? I mean, I grew up fishing, but I, ne I never really took to it. It's just super boring. I mean, the people who fish, more power to you. I wish I could get into it. Maybe fly fishing. I yeah. watched the river, which is like filmed in Missoula and set there. Still not a huge fishing fan. I've been skunked too many times. Like I still like, I like to deer hunt because it's like, you know, an extended hike. If you're in, you know, hill country or, you know, the mountains. And I do like eating deer. I mean, dragging them out sucks. But not as much as dragging out like an elk that is a misery or it can be uh but it's all about you know it's is the juice worth the squeeze and i think it is because that's some of the best meat i've ever had i don't know i i would rather have elk probably than cow like i would rather if you could just be like you can have elk or beef i'd be like i'll take elk because you can make elk burger that's just you can fool yourself it's like this is like beef tacos yeah it's there's a different consistency at least from the 
I, I've not killed and had my own, which might make it taste different. It's just like store-bought. It's, it's becoming like hipster, if that makes sense, where it's organic elk or some shit and it gets to be like $8 more per pound. So if you want to get some ground beef, that a pound of ground beef's like $7. A pound of elk would be like 12 type thing. Yeah. And it, the, I miss the grease. Cause it is yeah, so no, fucking that, pure, man. Like that's one thing. It's a lot leaner. So like yeah. the first, Oh, I'm going to, I'll be right back. I'm going to let the dog out. Hi, gotcha, buddy. Sorry about that. I had to talk to my, uh, so when I was on vacation, some, I just got the whole story. <laughs> a, a string of houses got broken into. And I found out like three days later that my house might've been one of them. It wasn't, which was good. Oh. But the story was it's some cop or somebody who was a cop who they got blacked out drunk who was trying to break into houses apparently so stop dude i wish i wish i was kidding like I, she literally just told me when i went and got a group ball <laughs> <laughs> fucking wild shit dude breaking in like thinking it's his own because that's happened to a lot of people like hotel wise you know like you know start knocking on the wrong door and my brother's a doctor so that like happens to real people who are People that people like, think are upstanding citizens. Functional. Functional and educated. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they have terrible <laughs> like, moments. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Well, yeah. He's lucky that it was like a neighbor and like that somebody that was old. Not somebody that was armed. Because there's a lot of guns out in Montana. Dude. That's, man. Yeah. That, that's. Yeah. Going back to it. That's fucking crazy. Uniformed? Did you hear? No, not uniformed. No, I don't. I, don't, okay. I didn't ask her that. I <laughs> What kind of old dog? <laughs> right? Imagine that now, shit going viral. Gonna details on this though, for sure. Damn, yeah. Like, what did he want? What was the goal? Yeah. So, like, apparently where he lived was, like, like, probably six blocks west of where I live. So, maybe he was just lost or I don't know. Oh, so it's like blocks. It's not country. You actually got sidewalks, no. dudes walking around like in a town going into wrong oh, homes. Yeah. No, like I live in a town. Like in my, I live in a house in a town. In a house. Like, in a town. <laughs> like there's I mean, street, street lights. I don't, a, I don't live in a place a, that has blocks. Like I think there's only six or there's, I don't think there's double digit traffic lights here. Gotcha. I counted them once. There's definitely not that many. Gotcha. What are you doing? Come here. One sec. Sorry again. <laughs> life man i can't wait till you have your first kid and try to get on a podcast that's what my mom said she's just like imagine if you had a kid i was like it's worse than this she's like oh yeah and i was like how you have a second person to help you Maybe. she's like not always i was like how will i have a kid without another person riddle me that batman <laughs> and i'm giving single men kids from the orphanage Couple, couple years man couple years away from being able to grow one off yourself like asexual reproduction you're going to get a little clone of you that's going to be running around five years away the fun of making a kid i don't want to do it with myself <laughs> what fun is that <laughs> like sex with a 3d printer oh wait it's just 3d printing that's yeah. no fun well, i'm molting like a lizard gross <laughs> I'm shedding a skin so my dog can eat it. Cool. <laughs> you imagine you got to stop your dog from eating the baby yeah, growing off of you. Skin. Ugh. I, I mean, with this one, I probably would have to. He's a wild animal. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude, what made you want to get a puppy? Were you trying to be more responsible? Well, so, yeah, kind of. I don't know. Um, you say responsibility. So, like, when, like, the whole pandy hit, like, I, like most people, fell into some not great habits. And then uh, after a while, kind of got it together. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of, like, 75 and, like, live hard. Uh-oh. But I was on both of those for a while. So 75 hard's like a not a workout program. It's like a lifestyle program kind of, but you do like certain I think it's like ten things you have to do a day to like check the day off. You know, it includes like two workouts, drinking a gallon of water, taking a picture, following a diet, no drinks, you know, no booze, no alcohol. Okay. That's just him chewing on the other. That's not a big deal. <laughs> Keeps his teeth clean. And he'll, he'll keep himself busy. It's, it's just going to make some noise. Yeah, it's uh, fine, man. So, like, did that. I did 75 hard. I failed once. And then did is it the second time. Is it 75 hard because you need 75 days of yep. doing that? Yep. So, oh, okay. 75 days of doing all the different uh, aspects. And, like, it's a lot of personal development during it. Like, one of the aspects is you read 10 pages of a nonfiction book. Oh. So, like, I had a buddy who was like, what are you just going to reread, like, Discipline Equals Freedom? And I was like, I already read that, so no. I'll probably <laughs> read a Jocko book that I haven't read. But, no, I've already read that Jocko book, so I'm not going to cheat and read something I haven't. But I did read some really good books during it, like David Goggins' book, uh, the guy who created 75 Hard, his book, uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Okay. I tried to finish the book that I've been reading for the better part of like two years and it's just so long. Give up on it. Why do you want to, fin- are you just that guy that you have to finish it? It's oh, I didn't, like well, you're a white whale at this point. It's dense. It's called uh, About Face. It's uh, written by, he's an army colonel from like, he was I think originally in like World War II then he was in Korea and then he was like pretty big uh, in like Vietnam but then spoke out against, like, you know, the brass, saying, like, this is a quagmire where I don't know what we're doing over here kind of thing. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But then they drummed him out of the army. So, like, the book, it's just, like, it goes literally from, like, he tried to get in when he was, like, 13 or 14 into World War II because, like, the whole country's at war. Right. He's like, I want to get my war on kind of thing. And then, like, finally gets in. But, like, no, it's just... I think it's like a seven or nine hundred page book. So like I'll read it for a while, but like Yeah. It's dense and especially like a lot of the war stuff, like I never knew and I I'm a student in history. I didn't know near that much about the Korean War and it was a miserable affair. Yeah, I know nothing about the Korean War. I, I mean if you ever want to read the Korean War like about it, like pick up about face and read the sections about it. It sounded awful. And it was like winter cold and half of the time they didn't have cold weather rations or gear and like frigid tundra so and i'm gonna fuck this up i um been reading about the first cia op that went into afghanistan after 9-11 and i'm looking at the book up first casualty by tom oh my i might even start playing by Tom Hardin, I believe is his name. Okay. And um, one of the craziest fucking things was they didn't give him any cold gear. 
So the yeah. dude, the CIA op that's going over there volunteering, opens up a credit card and buys $3,000 worth of shit from the military supply store to like, because it's unsanctioned. So they can't yeah. issue you things either. And he yeah. takes his own cold gear so that they can deal with like the mountain chills. And you're like, are you fucking kidding? Um, three weeks, a month after 9-11, these dudes don't have thermals? What? Yeah. Like well, nuts. That country was probably still like reeling from like, wait, what happened? Oh, the, I mean, everybody was together, but like, I'm sure intelligence on the ground was just like, granted, it seemed like they did get, you know, things going pretty quick after. No, it, dude, but... they were, they were like, they weren't there and like needed shit. They were in the States and going and yeah, they didn't have it. Although, I mean, if it was the agency as opposed to like, you know, an actual like fighting force, I could imagine them having their dicks in their hands to some degree. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I've taken away from listening to these books is like, it's a, always a weird pissing contest from brass to like make decisions and want glory, but try to deflect responsibility that you know really that screws with the decision-making. Yeah. Do you know what that is? No. It's a three letter word. That's the death of most people. Three. Ego. Oh. That's all that is. That's what it is every fucking time. That's like the best thing that I've learned from like all the Jocko podcasts or books or like being in like their academy for like two years, like ego is all ego and it's gonna, everybody's got it. If you can get a hold of yours, you can do a lot more, but that's, that's what that is. I mean, that's why, and you see that with top brass all the time, not just in that, like not in the agency, but you see that at businesses, you know, I'm sure you see it that at a school level, you know, maybe with a principal or a superintendent that's, you know, got yeah. a big swinging dick. It, that's not that's nothing new yeah to me it's more like you're scared to be the big swinging dick that's the shit that weirds me but maybe it's more really? maybe it's more of a liberal thing versus conservative not to go all polarizing but yeah. the way i look at leadership is me as an individual if i make a decision i'm like fuck it man that was me like whatever yeah. if my decision leads to me being no longer fit to be in a position of a middle school basketball coach or a reading specialist, I guess I shouldn't be here because apparently yeah. I can't think the way that it should. But I'm yeah. never scared to make a decision where the people above seem so fearful of just being quick blanket, this is what we're doing. And it weirds me out. It really weirds me out because I'm like, dude, just like if you're in charge, tell me what the fuck to do. Well, yeah. maybe what we should do is consider the stakeholders and possibly within a week, we can check back in and reassess on the gains that we've maintained. If we could determine yeah. those, and you're like, I, words, I, what, what, what are we doing? All, all, the, all these are our words. Yeah. And no, that's, that's the thing. It's not like a swinging dick. What do with like leadership, it's usually kind of opposite of that. Indecision is not usually what their issues are, but. Uh, that's, that's definitely something that could be topics of, uh, so they do these like sessions on, uh, that, uh, academy that I'm a part of and like, it's actually super, super, super handy stuff, but like, yeah, that's weird. I would say the fact that they don't want to decide, I think they're probably afraid of repercussions that would happen to them, whether they be yeah. a school board. So they're in like an not paid position probably, but like they don't give away their... So it's not the school board. Of, uh, 
It's what? It's not the school board. It's the people who answer to the school board. They don't want to lose. To me, my theory is they don't want to lose that contract. That's probably, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you want that plausible deniability and they, we take it as you're creating buffers of decision makers. So it's easier to blame shift versus what was the task? What was the goal? Let's solve it. Let's measure it. Let's see if we're getting better. That sounds like super centralized, which is not what you want. Yeah. <laughs> like an organization. No. And it's, uh, yeah. Because ultimately what you would probably want is like a decentralized system. At least that's what I've always been led to believe with like the EF online and extreme ownership and all of their uh, teachings. But it seems like if you train your people and you give them the ability to lead themselves, they'll be more invested and uh, they'll do a better job more yeah. often than not. And the fact that people are above you, not, you know, giving you a, a direct answer or that's all that. I mean, if I was in that position, what that would do to me is what do you want me to do? You just tell me something. No. Well, what it leads to is like, okay, I guess the decision is like, why am I even asking you? Yeah. You know, I it's guess for forgiveness and not for permission at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. That's just not the best course of action, but I guess if that's what they're doing, I mean, maybe that's. Yeah. And it's stupid little, it's not as serious as war stuff. It's just stupid ass decisions that you're like, okay, well, if you're going to say one thing, but you're never going to be around to check it. And then like, I got to be the dude that kind of checks it. Shouldn't I be the one that makes the decisions? Like if I'm the one patrolling it, if I'm the one as quality control, but you don't want to, I don't know, support quality control, then I get to determine what is quality now. You no longer do because you're not around enough to like help with that because I don't actually have authority. (laughs) Yeah. So like in like an example like that, I've been taught from like all those guys, a lot of them were like former Navy SEALs. Like you're going to go to someone specific about their specific job to, you know, get, something that only they would know like if you want to ask some snipe or you know sniper or heavy long gun related question i would go to that type of person so like if they're looking for like if you're you know the expert in the field i would say if they're diverting to you or they should divert to you because you have higher expertise or you know, knowledge on that subject. Yeah, dude. It's, and this is a little tangent, but it's something that, and I was in the army, I was in the national guard, nothing at any Goggins or Jocko level or any, these people that I fucking read about, but I, in ROTC through high school, four years. So like you, you just kind of grow up with a hierarchy and you kind of had grow up with a mission. You grow up with a goal and you grow up with accomplishment or not. Mm -hmm. And you grow up with, okay, well, you're the fucking dude that knows how to blank. So if we need to blank, you're our dude. Right? Like when, when you get a team, it's like we got one medic. You know why? Because he's the fucking dude that fixes shit. If we if someone's got a wound, it's on him. Yeah. Like he that's fixes it. That's what he's trained to do. Yeah. So I go to these meetings and you're in a meeting with people who have no like field experience in the classroom yeah. and they're making decisions and they don't even want to value where it does seem a little ego on my part to be like, I want to stand up and scream like, um, I'm sorry, I've, I've been here six years doing this shit. Mm-hmm. Combined, the 10 of y'all, how many years do you have in the middle school class? None. Maybe I need to talk more than y'all need to. 
Yeah. Maybe that well, should happen. And it's weird that it doesn't because it seems very common sense to me. Like if you want me there and I'm the only person with experience, I should probably be more of a decision maker. It, well, and, and I totally agree with that. I think that comes back to stay in your lane for people. <laughs> like I have to say it like if, it, if you're like a subject matter expert or not even an expert – you know far more about something than someone you don't have to hold it over their head or think yeah. about it please believe that you can impart some knowledge that they don't have that they could actually use if they would just well, that's the thing right that's the issue yeah like dude if you're the bigger picture guy cool let me tell you about the nuts and bolts yeah. let me help you understand the details and then now you got to take that information but what you can't do is just disregard it or not hear it and make decisions without it like that's weird. That's a very weird thing to me. Yeah. And by weird, I mean, I could use a few different words, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just so counterproductive. And it, I hate it. I think it just goes back to ego. Like whether it's worried about bruising theirs or shaking theirs, but I think that's what it is. They don't want to give you the ability to act they would rather hold something over your head than give you the ability to do whatever you need. Because, and I hate to say it, it sounds like government because they're trying to justify why they're there. Yeah, dude, no doubt. Like that's that's the weirdest thing in working in government is you're yeah. like, wait, so we just created another position to do what? That's a like, redundancy. I, I kind of already do that. Oh, okay. she's going to be a test coordinator. What does that person do? Okay. Oh, oh, so they make orders? Wait, so she orders things. Don't we already have a secretary? I don't understand what's happening. Assistant, but she doesn't do that, though. She she doesn't answer the phones. She's like, well, <laughs> so we need a receptionist. And you're like, I don't understand what's happening. It's, what are we doing? It's like, really that's the insane. Issue. And that was, it, we'll go back to the teaching thing. That was one of the other issues that I got in trouble with was I'm a real, like, I don't know. I don't know everything, but like, boy, if I got an idea, I'm going to tell you. Because, like, here's an example. Like, they had a dilapidated building that three people worked in that they decided they were going to keep open because it was easier for the three people who worked there and keep open the middle school for, I don't know, 120 kids, 25 teachers, probably 10 faculty and staff. It's just like, so we're going to displace 170 people so three people can stay in their fucking offices. That, doesn't, that made no sense to me. And I made that very vocal. I was like, this makes no sense. When I should have just fucking shut my mouth probably. No, I can't. I can't. You can't though. I can't. It's hard. Especially if I get asked. Yeah. Like that's the well, worst that's, part. That's, I'll, I'll, that's my opinion. I'll tell you. Yeah. Or like if somebody's like, how are you doing? It's just like, which answer do you want? Yeah. Right. I know. I, I suck at the politics of it. Um, yeah. Which I think to me. I don't know. Makes me feel better because the politic game has always been weird to me. Um, let me redirect back to this, um, the 75 thing you were talking about. Cause I'm curious about this, like, can I call it a philosophy, a worldview of yours? <laughs> like that's being shaped by these books and these experiences. Yeah. So like, it's definitely, uh, I would definitely say it was an eye opening experience when I finally completed the, you know, 75 art itself. Like, realizing you can do that many things for that many days and you can allocate your time to work out once outside once inside for 45 minutes and it was 
you know, during shit months when it was raining or it was snowing and it was 40 below. So I was like, well, I'll spend 55 minutes and I'll shovel my walk and I'll shovel my neighbor's driveway. Oh, dude. There's my So like, once you realize you could, you know, do that, you know, the little stuff becomes a lot smaller or your ability to, I don't know, I don't want to say believe in yourself, but strive for things that you didn't think you could achieve is a lot greater so like i don't know maybe that's why i took the chance on getting a dog now <laughs> that you know because like when i did 75 hard i worked out like and i think the after listening to the podcast where the guy who created explains it like i lifted seven days a week for like 75 days i think i took maybe i did i doubled up on cardio like two or three times in the whole time but like he was saying you should probably take one day off of lifting, but like I liked it, and like I like going to the gym. I like working out. I like, you know, getting up there. Like before I got on the podcast today, I had my dad pick up Lenny, and he went and hung out with him and his dog, and I went and worked out. So that was awesome. Like you get a I, dog sitter, thing. so you don't have to leave your dog alone. So like that's so cute. Pretty, it's pretty <laughs> handy. Like I work like five blocks from where I live. So, like, I'll get up, walk him in the morning, go to work, come back for lunch, feed him, and then we'll go for a walk at lunch, and then I'll come back, and we'll go for a walk when we get back, when I get back from work. Or, like, if my mom's in town, like, right now she's in Italy, uh, she'll, like, pick him up in the morning, or, like, my dad, when he gets off, he'll come hang out with him. So, like, he's a pretty spoiled dog, so he's pretty yeah. lucky. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, you do. You'll be good with kids. If you care about your dog that much, your kid's going to be fine. Oh, yeah. You know, like your kid will be fine. I just got to find the other, you know, the whole 50% of the other thing, which I think is probably maybe a harder thing to find, but you know, I think he might help me though. Dude, that's, I mean, I don't know how many, how many puppy pictures are on your like Tinder or on your hinge or whatever fucking social app you're Definitely dating at. Definitely like the first one for sure. Like the profile one, probably. Yeah. And probably a couple more. Uh, I mean, dog pictures work. I mean, it's a nice icebreaker. He's super cute. I mean, he has a cute when I was up in Glacier, he got me a lot of attention. We'll just say that. Like, a girl was up there for her wedding photos and ran up and was like, can I pet your dog? I was like, uh-huh. You sure can, ma'am. Are you sure you're ready for that experience? Yeah. Are you sure you want to walk down that aisle? I, don't, I think you'd look better in not that wedding dress. You don't look really good at that wedding dress. I don't know if that makes me a bad person. <laughs> or it makes you an opportunistic person because she has hey, not contractually yeah. agreed yet. It's like the Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky quote. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, man. Yeah. You ain't swinging, you ain't making no shots. No doubt. Dude, no. was it, what got you into your funk? Did you just want to get like in better shape? Did you kind of get so, lazy yeah, and g- gain a bunch of weight? Pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I started getting pretty fat and I started drinking a lot. Granted, like, it's pretty common to drink out here. Like, it's, like, not a rite of passage, but I know a lot of people who have DUIs will just say that. Uh, (laughs) So, like, it's a pretty big drinking culture. So, like, I was justifying, like, you know, a shower beer and then, like, two shower beers and then, like, shower beers and then go golf and then, like, come back and have more shower beers after golf. So, like... After a point, I was just like, you know what? I literally listened to like 
probably over the course of like fog and for the summer, listening to Jocko's podcast and other people's podcasts, you know, trying to get motivated. I was just like, I finally like clicked and I finally, instead of skipping the end part of their podcast where they talk about their, you know, supplement lines and their clothing company, I literally fucking listened and I was just like, maybe I should try that. And I literally like right here, you can't see it, but like right there, uh, I still have like, I still like their protein supplements. I still take their joint supplements because I think they work. I don't know. I like their energy drinks because they... They're super good, and they don't have sugar in them. I don't know. Huh. Like, I don't know if, and, and I probably should have come up with it quicker because I I've listened to Rogan since he was you know doing like the snowflakes on his couch. Yeah. So Dude. like I should have been listening to him about on it, but like it took Jocko being a badass Navy SEAL to like get me to get off my ass and get out of my funk and start lifting. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of nice being in that, like, you know, uh, academy. And, like, I've actually had not, like, you know, face-to-face, but, like, this interaction with Jocko many times. No way. Like, I've talked to him here and there on, like, Twitter. We make jokes back and forth, so, like, it's not like we're best friends. But, like, it's kind of cool, you know, having the ability to, like, you know, interact with, you know, someone that you admire and helped you, you know, get on the path. Gotcha. And so this might be a shit question. I'm not trying to like shame in any way. So it's like a monthly subscription to do this or is that like a one-time fee? And then if he's feeling it, he just kind of hops on things. Does he like block out hours? How does that work? Okay. So, uh, I think you can probably pay pay monthly, but I think I buy the year subscription. I think that's probably the best way to do it. So there are, it's like broken up into a different few different aspects of it. Like, their company is called Extreme Ownership Academy. It used to be Echelon Front. They hold things like the muster, their field training exercises. Oh. They do. I wish I could have done the one where they they're coming. They they do like uh, what's the one up in uh, Gettysburg? They do like a walkthrough of the battlefield. They're doing Little Bighorn, which is like a few hundred miles south of me. So I wish I could have went, but then I kind of looked into it and it was kind of pricey so that's neither here nor there <laughs> so they do like either in-person stuff or they do like on computer stuff since i'm rural montana i've literally only done the computer stuff awesome. so they'll have like live calls in the summer it's once a week but the rest of the year it's three times a week because they're traveling so much okay it's during the noon hour where i am so your east coast time yeah so it would be 10 o'clock for no it'd be two o'clock for you guys 2 p.m and it's literally, the cool thing is there's people on there from every walk of life, from every industry, from a lot of corners of the world. Like there's a few like people that are on, uh, one gal, her name's Sarah. She's from the, I think Pittsburgh, but works in England. And she, when she talks, it's like EF Hutton. You just literally get out of pen and pad and you just draw right down what she's saying. Cause she's going to drop sage wisdom all over you. And it's just like sprinkling knowledge, just Sarah bombs all over you. And then, like, the, I mean, it's just awesome being able to interact with, like, the guy's shirt I'm wearing right now, he was a, what is it, Top Gun, which is a real thing. He was the top, he was a Top Gun instructor. He was a fighter pilot. Oh, no shit. He, cool. Why does yeah. it say Good Deal, then? So his name's Dave Burke. They call him Good Deal Dave. Uh, so it looks like the Top Gun logo, but it's right? his name. So he's, he's the man. He's got a signature, one of the energy drinks. 
So like a bunch of the guys that Joppa has working for him have, you know, like signature energy drinks or they were seals for him during, you know, their time in Ramadi. It's, I don't know, it's super sweet being able to interact with like people from way different walks of life. Like I started it when I was on the radio, when I was the program manager up there. And I was just like, I was just trying to get a better hold of the radio station. And it literally, I've learned a lot more than how to like lead. I learned, I don't know. You learn a lot of good stuff in there. It's, it's probably not, you know, the most uh, cheap thing to like afford, but like if leadership's one of these things you'd ever want to like benefit from, I would definitely write a glowing review. I would suggest it to a lot of people. It's, Definitely changed my worldview, my outlook. Dude, even if you just get healthier, like fuck the initial cost right now. If it's an investment in your future, imagine how much healthier you're going to be when you're like 65 because yeah. now you have these healthy habits. Yeah. I mean, going to the gym instead of like, you know, doing nothing. Yeah. Except, you know, something that's detrimental to yourself or your health is probably, you know, a little bit more, you know, useful in the long run for your well-being and all that so yeah man that's that's an interesting spot to be in and it's a cool spot that the internet can fill the void if you don't have and i i don't want to again be like a shitty person talking about like people in your circle but if you don't have those positive people those driven people those you know, hoo-ha, knuckle-draggers, who are the fucking dudes who are, like, cool with getting up to, like, get shit in. Dudes yeah. around you or people around you. You do really lose that, especially if you're active after high school and then you don't continue the sports scene into oh, college. Yeah. You lose that, wait, we don't have practice? Oh, I don't have summer lifting? Oh, I don't have to stay in shape to do this? And, mm -hmm. man, by the time you're 26, it can be gone. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, and maybe I'm fortunate or unfortunate to be from a really small place. Like there are a lot of people that have a pretty small worldview or, you know, I've known a lot of people who've never left the state. I know people who haven't went to Canada and I told you we live 44 <laughs> miles from the border. So like, you know, not even during prohibition. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. It, it, there are people who just are happy with what they're doing, where they're at. And that's not just where I'm at. That's anywhere. Yeah. But like, being a kid of the internet, going back to your internet, you know, statement, like, I've honestly, you know, had your friends where you are, but like, I've had, you know, long, I mean, friendship relationships with people on the internet that I've met in real life multiple times, whether it be like the Joe Rogan Death Squad family, like back when I first go out to like Los Angeles, or like another podcast that I listened to where it was a bunch of like, you know, Italian people or wannabe Italians like hanging out and talking that I've literally been a part of. I Farther back than when I was a teacher, I was looking back at like our group conversations. It goes back to like 2012. Like it's wild. Like we've been hanging out for a hot second. So like I've always, take, I've always taken advantage of, you know, my lack of resources where I'm at with the internet. So like if I do go to... Boston, when I was in Boston, I hooked up with somebody that I've known on Twitter yeah. for like seven years. And I was like, hey, what's up? Let's hang out, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So scary moment for me, 
um, a dude, uh, Andre Psyche, who's been a guest on the pod and like one of the original guys. I, you're the 167th person that's come okay. on. But like he was like whatever, 18, you know, during mm-hmm. COVID. And he, he's just been a great guy, a great follow. We've chatted and shit on and off. Like he's actually, he's from Seattle. Okay. Near Seattle. Whatever. He's like this now like traveling event bartender. So he's in Detroit at Ford Field and he goes like to Augusta. He's been like, he gets like the 16th hole at different PGA tours. He's one of those yeah. people that just gets hired as long as they travel. He's coming to Baltimore and like, I'm going to fucking touch him. Like we're going to yeah. hang out. And it's like this weird, yeah, dude, I know you. We message. Yeah, we FaceTime. But like, what the fuck, man? We're going to hang for a couple hours. And yeah. it's a weird spot. It's never happened. It's not like a sexual online dating catfish thing yeah. I'm worried about. It's just like a, wow, okay, what, let's go fucking golf, man. Hopefully you don't talk yeah. me into getting a tattoo. But that's cool. It, like I'm kind of looking forward to it because it's like, I know you, but I don't know you. And now I get to yeah. know you a little deeper. It's neat. And everybody is like, you know, social media is like the worst thing and it's like a fry. But like, it's what you make out of it. Like, yeah. I've had bad experiences and I've also met people that I've had interactions with for years. Like, it's sweet. The only thing I wish I would have done when I lived in Europe, I, I've been friends with somebody who lives in like the Netherlands. And I, I was talking to her when I lived there. And it was, it was, what, I was going to honestly try to go up and podcast with her, but like she didn't live like near Amsterdam. So she was like up like way out of Amsterdam and I was in Florence. I don't know. It, I, it would have been a logistical nightmare, but it would have been so cool to meet her, you know, like having to, you know, being on chat threads or like, you know, you know, somebody like it's usually always podcast or comedian based for like people that I've always like interacted with. So like, you know, commenting on somebody's podcast page or their, you know, comedy stuff. So it's oh, pretty for you getting like, for you getting to know them, they put, yeah. they put some shit out there and then you're like, Oh man, this is dope. And then that's how the interaction yeah. starts. Yeah. Like somebody like, Joey Diaz comments on something, then she comments, then I comment, and then she likes your comment, then we bullshit for, you know, whatever. Gotcha. That rabbit hole. Gotcha. So, yeah. Dude, the, yeah, the Europe thing, actually, before I go to the, or ask about the Europe thing, um, is there something about the 75 heart, anything that we, like, didn't talk about? Because it's a real interesting choice. Actually, let me get that. How did you make the choice? Was that the was there a rock bottom watershed moment that you experienced, or you were just like, "Man, I'm fucking bored. What else am I gonna do? I'm fed up with drinking all the time." So it was that it was a lot of that. Like I definitely gave up drinking for like I think I quit for like a year. No By the shit. time like seventy five hard, like I I just was tired of it for a while. I mean I do it now and again, but not, I try not to. Do it like I did back in the day, you know. So, uh, but honestly, it was two people, two of the instructors who were in. It was at the time it was uh, Echelon Front, but now Extreme Ownership Academy. A SEAL and then a Marine, who were both doing it, and I was like following their progress, and I was like, oh well, if JP can do two workouts in a day, I mean, fuck, I probably can. And then Cody did this. Well, I'm gonna go try to do that. Then I just like messaged him. I was like, do you think I could do this? And and I was like messaged him i was like well can i do paleo with this and he's like no just pick a fucking diet and di- figure it out and like you know after a while it's just like you ask somebody enough times 
and you know you want to do it. A little tough love is not the worst thing. So, like, I got some tough love from those two about it. Failed the first time, and then literally bought the app, which if you're going to ever do it, I'd suggest spending $5 on the 75 hard app on either Android or smart or on iOS. It's definitely worth it. It's perfect. You can literally click off the shit as you do it. You take your picture on it that day. You can see what you have to do. You can calculate your water. It's pretty nice. And then you can physically look at like day one to day 75. And I lost like 38 pounds and that was fucking sweet. No shit. Yeah, it's real. Like, granted, I did keto for 75 days, so, like, no sugar, no nothing. Granted, the hardest thing was bread. Like, yeah. I lost, I love bread. Like, but you can just have, you know, like, have a hamburger without bun. That sucks, but dope it up with some. Well, the one thing I really found that I like. What do you hold it with? Do you eat a hamburger with a fork and a knife now? Do you get, like, two pieces of lettuce? Real talk, no. I'll eat it with a bun now. But, like, sometimes I won't. Like, honestly, I mean, a bun's good. But, like, half the time when I eat a hot dog, I'll rip off half of the bun because there's too much bun for not enough hot dog, you know? So, like, I don't know. It's uh Yeah, how have they never lined that shit up? Like, 12 packs of hot dogs? Or what is it? What Like, 10 pack of hot dogs, 12 pack of fucking buns? 10 pack of hot dogs, 8 pack of buns. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Me in the middle of 90, you dipshits. (laughs) It can't be. Like, if people have figured out the width of a road to make, you know, like, or different trains on tracks, and it's just standardized. Well, going back to history, that was one of the kerfuffles of World War II. Like, nobody had tracks that would fucking work, so you... Like when the Russians got into Germany or vice versa, they're like, well, our trains won't work. So I don't know what the <laughs> fuck we're going to do here. I didn't know that. That's real. Yeah. Oh, the Russians had different width tracks versus the Germans versus the fucking British. The Italians might have the same ones as the Germans because they were on the same team, but I doubt it. Right. Because they're Italians. They're going to do something fancy. <laughs> Haven't lived there. I know they were probably doing something fucked up. It's in cursive. Their tracks yeah. are in cursive. They were probably curvy, I'm sure. That, dude i can't imagine that's actually something i've been contemplating I'm, i like i enjoy going for jogs i enjoy the cardio aspect but you grow up doing cardio my daughter too like i'm noticing her diet and i don't know how to balance that as a parent because i haven't studied it enough but also just as someone who's understands that food matters she eats yeah. well but like she'll have a bagel in the morning and then she gets chicken tenders and fries and then it'll be like some Nutella on bread. And you're like, dude, I don't know if you can eat like that when you're 35. You can get away with it when you're 12. You can. I don't think you're going to be super proficient or you're going to have a ton of <laughs> right? energy. But like, yeah, I, it's I, an... I'm no like nutritionist and I still fall into some shitty eating habits. But like you can definitely – you definitely – see what you eat like and i and i keto is one of the harder things to do like you know you could do something easier but like it's called 75 hard it ain't called fucking 75 easy and that's one of the things like i don't know if you've ever heard the guy's podcast who, who came up with that andy Frisella. he does uh what is it real af it's kind of it's, it's an interesting podcast he's pretty he's got some pretty interesting ideas and thoughts but like at some point it's just like it's not for everybody he's like it's not fucking weight watchers like if do you think this is for you it probably is but yeah. like it's one of these like if you think you're gonna try it you're gonna fucking fail so like if you're gonna go into it go ahead first don't start tomorrow start today like and i know that sounds not very like motivating but like once you listen to a few of his podcasts or 
like read that book that he put out about it, it's like the human potential is like they always say you use like 10% of your brain. I can't imagine the physical output percentage that most people get away with. It's single digits, I bet. Yeah. If uh, it's more than seven, I'd be surprised. Dude, once you, once you get that career and get that cubicle, it's yeah. so easy for it to be over. A thousand out. steps, I, I a thousand it. steps a day. Do you even yeah. hit them? You know? Oh my God. Yeah. You get like a little pedometer and you're like, I do this. Then like when I was doing 75 hard, it's just like, I'd be mad if I didn't get like 15,000 steps in. Right. Dude, how do so, you deal with no bread cravings? I feel like it's a weird thing. Maybe I just don't eat enough steak or non-carbs, but if I, I, I get that weird rumble in my stomach. I yeah. just don't feel full. Does that pass so, ever? So it does. It took a long time, not like a long time, probably took like three weeks to like get acclimated to like the diet. You just have to replace the carbs. I did it with fats. So like Cake? one thing you could do was <laughs> mayo and hot sauce. So I would yeah. do that with like everything. Stop. You think it sounds gross, but it's like a sriracha. Kind of good. <laughs> it low key slaps. To quote the kids nowadays. Look, you're not capping? No capping? No cap? <laughs> no, yeah, no cap. No cap, all gas, all break. I don't know. I need to get some more water. Hold on. It just takes some time getting used to it. Like, the thing that sucked was like going over to like my parents' house on like Sundays for dinner. And if it was like pasta night and like, I mean, pasta's good, but like I'll fuck up some bread. Like I could eat. During like a, I, I used to swim in high school, like during carbo loads, I could eat so much like garlic bread, like I could put all two loaves of that shit away and not even like notice. Yeah. But like what I noticed after not eating bread was like you feel a lot better. I didn't believe it. I thought it was all bullshit, and no, it's real. Sugar's a real motherfucker. Yeah, because it's weird, man. We look at carbs like it's an energy thing, but really it's a sugar thing. Right, oh, yeah, like no. it, it's a fucking drug that you're injecting. It, it's I don't know if it's on the level of heroin, but it is one of those things where your body, like, you can get addicted to alcohol. You can kind of yeah. your body craves those carbs, and I think uh, that's like what I've always been scared of is I have this craving, but I need that energy because I've run a lot, and I'm like I have to have it to be healthy. So, I like I really leaned in, like I said, fats, but also protein. Like, if you can't do carbs, you got to get your nutrients from somewhere so like if you're deficient in one thing you got to do it somewhere else i mean they do have keto bread but from the i think time i one time i tried it and bought it it was super expensive and it was fucking not good yeah i can't imagine it is good because what makes bread bread can't be in keto nothing that's good for you <laughs> it tastes fucking awesome but like no yeah it's like but i i mean and the thing that i should have done was go straight into like phase one so that's 75 hard, then the live hard program. So it's 75 hard, phase one, two, and three. I did phase one, but I took like a little break, which was stupid. I should have got right into it. But then like that's a little more intense. Like you have to add, I think it's five more things you have to do for, but it's not 75 days, it's only 30. But you have to add a five-minute cold shower every day. And I was doing it during the fucking winter. So that was miserable. It Dude. was like... I started it in, I think, December 10th, and I finished, like, January 10th or whatever, or maybe the 9th, I can't remember. And it was, the, when I finally didn't have to take cold showers, I was like, this is awesome. Those were fucking miserable. Yeah, I've 
help me understand the cold shower because that's something I see Rogan do with the whatever 34 ice degree bath. thing. Yeah, so, the ice bath. But like how cold did you ever, were, were you able to measure how cold the water is that you're showering in? Do you just literally uh, leave it on cold and that's yeah, it? Yeah, so, so like what even the guy who created it, he's like, I'm going to take a hot fucking shower then I'm going to turn that heat all the way off and cold all the way on. Then you fucking get ready for five minutes. So what I would do was I have like a little, the way my shower and bathroom set up, I have like a little cabinet about eye level. So I would just put, like I always watch or listen to something like a podcast or like TV show with like, you know, a portable speaker. Yeah. So I would just listen to a buddy's playlist. He's this guy who makes these really funny songs. So like it was something that was miserable to do. But like I was laughing my ass off because I was listening to his songs about like, I don't know. Have you ever heard of your mom's house podcast? I have not, but that is a genius title. Great name. Yeah, yeah. dude. Fuck so it. like they have like these segments where it's like the cool guys where it's not cool guys. It's like guys who do math or, you know, like, uh, like uh, hang out at car washes and like do their own dental work. I, I could send you some videos of like this guy's songs, but they're funny and fun. Like it's all inside jokes. But like I'm listening to songs about like hanging out at the car wash or like getting a DUI because he's the best looking Italian kid in fucking uh, the state of Utah. Like so, like you're doing something that sucks, but you're like countering it with like a buddy's really really funny music. So like I made a game out of it. Like mm. then then that's like the one thing like Rogan and Jocko and like Frisella. And like, I mean, even like, you know, smaller podcasters, I hear them all say like, embrace the suck, make a game out of it. Like, I've always been able to do that. Like, yeah, stuff sucks. I used to, granted, I don't chew anymore. I used to chew like tobacco and I'm like, I can do anything that I don't want to do. Give me a fucking chew. I don't care. Like if, if it sucks, throw me a, throw me a dip. I'll fucking take one. Now I don't chew. It's been like almost three years, but like, you just gotta like, I don't know, nothing, not everything's fucking roses in life man it's it the cold shower is a line i have not crossed yet where everybody talks about the benefits and i just i'll get in the ocean so i am fortunate enough to be able to go for jogs on the beach and um, Mm -hmm. sand is great it fucks with your feet early on man especially you go barefoot but to jump in the ocean afterwards is cool but it's 65 yeah. degree. I don't know if it matches what a cold shower would be. And I can't imagine any part of my day. Like I can't schedule it where I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to have my balls shrivel into yeah. my throat. And yeah. then I'm going to go what? Like what What do I do after I've cold showered so for five minutes? I always minutes? do it after. Like right when I hit the five minute mark, like I'll either do a timer like, or I'll just be like, I'll start it at like, say I'm in the shower at 5 p.m. 5.01 hits, I'm turning the heat off and we're going to 5.06. Yeah. Then when it's 5.06, we're turning it back on hot and we're going for about 30 seconds. <laughs> honestly, they don't joke when they say like the cold benefits. Like, I honestly wish, I, I mean, it'd be cool to have like a cold, you know, bath like Rogan has, I think. I'd rather have a sauna, real talk. Like, I, I, when I was doing 75 hard, I take a bath every day. Like, if I could take a bath every day, I would, because it's so, like, yeah. have some salt bath, hot, just releases you. The cold did the same thing. Like, honestly, it sucks. Don't get, don't get it twisted. The, I don't know. Whatever what does it, it does, release, man? Everything shrivels. You don't fucking move. Well, yeah, you shiver like, like a bitch. Also, 
it, it, it reduces the inflammation because, like, I don't know about you, but my back is always bumping. So I'm like, get me in a cold shower, especially if it's hot summer. I'm like, yeah, I'd do it. After a hot, like, long day of fogging or something, I'm out on the side-by-side. I mean, a little cold shower. Then maybe it was some heat, but, like, because, <laughs> like, our cabin, like, it's in Glacier Park. Like, so it's glacier-fed. That water's, like, 50 degrees. So that's pretty close to a cold shower, like, diving in there. Right. Like, we're pretty lucky that we have a dock, so, like, you can dive. But this year, there was no beach, so, like, the dives I did were, like, a six-inch shallow dive, which I'm pretty good at because, like I, like I said, I swam in high school. Like, you're not supposed to dive into the shallow end. Yeah. You can't know what you're doing. I mean, I wouldn't suggest it to, like, an eight-year-old, but, like, someone who's was on a dive shallow, you can definitely dive in three feet of water. Unless they have a life vest on. Then feel free yeah. to shallow dive all you want. Yeah, 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 you'll be fine. Or a helmet, you know. <laughs> or, a helmet. or you'll be wearing a helmet for the rest of your life, either way. So <laughs> take some precautions now or take them later. You pick. <laughs> or live with them later. Yeah. Yeah, man, the fucking cold shower thing is everyone hypes it up who experiences it. And I, it just makes me realize, like, how much of a little bitch I am. Because I've, I've like fucked with it to the point where I've gone lukewarm. Yeah. After, and I'm just, just fucking go for it. Uh, it go. Like next time you're a little extra sore, but I, I, I like doing it cause I'm always sore from lifting. Like I did triceps today and I did chest yesterday. I, I literally couldn't go like higher than this, like this morning. <laughs> so like, whatever, that's fine. Cold shower is going to loosen that up. Get a little creaky. Get some Jocko's supplements, throw them on in there. Yeah. Suck down a dip and go, you're all good. Yeah, that's the other thing I haven't done, like the on it and all that stuff. What do you, do you notice? Have you actually like tried to measure any sort of tangibles? Or do you just have like stories that you're enjoying so, these supplements uh, because of? It's, I mean, maybe it's anecdotal and I've, I'm not super familiar with on it stuff. Although in total fairness, I do have Alpha Brand with me. And it's the first time I've ever tried it. And Rogan's been talking about it for, I don't know, seven well, years. He's like a fucking owner or something. Like, yeah. dude, his, his market, the way he's fucking, before even the Spotify contract, all the shit that he has, like, his tentacles in, yeah, it's business genius. Oh, yeah. it's <clears throat> Well, and he's also, I mean, it's like, I use the stuff that I take and other stuff, but, like, be like me. That, that's, I think, why Jocko stuff probably sells like it does. Yeah. And honestly, I will say that both his krill oil and the, what is it, joint warfare, I take those. I took those the whole time during 75 hard. My joints were never bad. Like, and like, I usually have like a creak or a crank in like both shoulders. Nah, not anymore. Not with that stuff. Like that krill oil, it's like fish oil, but way better. And then that all that stuff in that joint warfare is pretty solid. So, I mean, I'm no doctor. I mean, my brother is, but he's not that kind of doctor. So, <laughs> so but I've did... gotten him on some of the stuff. Yeah. So, so the biggest thing for you, the positive was just like increased flexibility, mobility, recovery. I'd say recovery, to be honest. Like, <clears> I mean, <throat> I've always been pretty flexible. I'm definitely not as flexible as I used to be, but like, I'd say recovery. Cause like I could lift. And I will say, like, so going back to 75 Hard, Andy Frisella, his company, is one of his companies, is First Form, their post-workout 
stack is also one thing that probably helped in like recovery as far as like being sore. It's just like post workout protein and then this uh, stuff called what is it? I'm gonna look. <laughs> I took it today and I forgot what it's called. Ignition. I should have called it the R. Kelly sauce. So it's so good. I mean, that's a terrible joke. I get that. But, uh, it's literally after I started. Taking well, now that he's convicted, it's a terrible joke. But yeah. before. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe people listen to this in the past. <laughs> that would be some trippy. Sh oh my god. <laughs> That's that's a different fucking thought process. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody listen to it. That, we could go down that lane, but that'd be a different lane. Yeah. And does he, I'm not smart. I try to follow the smart people who talk about that, and I can't. I can't get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I, I really. Science after a certain point. Yeah. I or like what does it even fucking matter if it is or not? Because if we discover it is, and all of a sudden. <clears throat> It's like life's being controlled by something else. Like, do I have any power to do anything about it? Well, like if it's a simulation, it's just like, what's the point? But like, also, I, I've i listened to Neil deGrasse on podcasts. <laughs> Look, and he, he like speaks to the, you know, lay person, but like a lot of that stuff's going way over my head. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you listen and I, it's happened with audiobooks where you, you listen and then you know it's over your head or you can't hang because you just start drifting. Yeah. Your mind goes. So I, I'm not a huge audiobook guy. Like I, I call me crazy, but I'd rather get the old physical copy. Yeah. I don't even really like Kindles to be honest. Like I'd rather like look at the actual copy. With you. But if I find something I don't know, I have to look it up. So like if you're fortunate to have the internet or if I'm up in my cabin when I was rereading The Godfather, I would have to look up. I wish I would have brought an English to Italian dictionary because that's what I really needed up there. So half of it's in Italian, the actual book. No shit. Not half of it, but a lot of it. Like, And I hadn't lived in Italy for long enough to where I was just like... But some of the stuff I read, I was just like, I remember that. And then my mom's over there right now, and I'm like... She sent me pictures. I was like, God damn it, I wish I was over there, kind of. But Yeah, what's, what's up with this family touring or and you had said you went overseas and it's a funny because you compare it with the small town hey nobody ever leaves so are you guys like the anomaly cultured people that no, just fucking go it, everywhere well so i mean my brother when he was in college would go like instead of spending his summers coming home he would go to like mexico city or like ecuador to study a tree frog or he went to guatemala once which i was like that's a dicey situation dude like, that's where MS-13's from, bruh. You don't want to go there. He went. My mom went, which I thought was an even worse idea. Because there's legit, like... I mean, we were pretty fortunate to live where we live, you know, with, you know, not having armed... What are paramilitary just about everywhere. It's fucking trippy. Yeah, it's wild. Like, like third world is can't, dude, wild. Cancun... There's oh, yeah. fucking eight dudes on a pickup yeah. truck. They like go just like a like a state trooper goes yeah. in to grab a snack at Wawa. These motherfuckers yeah. are armed, paramilitary, and they're just dudes. Like they're not even certified, and nah. it's eerie. They're every fucking block. It's like if Antifa wasn't a bunch of pussies. <laughs> it's like, oh, these guys came to fuck play. They're all blacked out. You can't see their eyes. They're not wearing any fucking markings. Yeah. Give me your badge number. Yeah. 
Yeah, I ain't all wearing a badge. It's just like, okay, well, we're fucking dead. No yeah. doubt. No, I went to Mexico once. I don't think I'm ever going to go again. Yeah, it's, it's a scary feeling when Dude, you're like... The security you experience here just driving around with like authorities. I'm recording you, sir. I'm going to report you to your superior. And like, yeah, go like, try that shit, man. Try that somewhere else. And not to get too, too political, but let's just say that a certain basketball player who uh, <laughs> midnight uh, expressed her way to Russia. I don't feel too, too bad because you don't take drugs in fucking East. That's just super crazy. Yeah, I the fact that it's legit isn't the arm dealer swap a legit swap at this point and he's a person who's killed a lot of probably you know army special forces dude i just i look at the trade i'm like can fucking biden grab one win like you're getting a you're getting someone with a cbd vape yeah for an arms dealer like i don't even need to read about the dude just title swap for swap still I don't think you could get a fucking thousand rings. I mean, if you're getting like a God of War type of guy or what, Lord of War, remember that Nick yeah. Cage movie? Like, if you're dealing with an arms dealer, you're dealing with like the worst of the worst pieces of shit. Well, no, human sex trafficker probably pedophile. Yeah, maybe put them above. But he's like right above it, maybe two like levels. Like he's a fucking. Those two know each other on a first name basis. Yeah, for talk. for something you charge to smoke. To, to get high on. Like, I, I don't understand how it's how it's the same level. Like, how do you yeah. get to the point where you accept that as being even? Well, it's definitely not. And it's, they're going to try to make it a cultural issue because she's black, gay, woman. I mean, yeah. she's checking a lot of boxes that a lot of people would be like, yeah, let's support it. But she also doesn't really support, you know, where she's from, which I'm not really for. Yeah. So like, I'm like, hey, that's totally your call to do that. Like, yeah. But it's don't a, think a bunch of people are going to support you doing stuff like that. It's a weird paradigm, um, especially the optics of like, I'm not kneeling for the flag because what the flag has done, but I don't hate the country. And then yeah. when you need the country, you're like, so yeah. you don't need all the shit that got built up now. No, no, it's you need us when you don't. It's like you want us when you don't need us, or you. I don't even know how to phrase it, but you know what I mean. It's just like you're gonna turn your back on somebody until you need them. Yeah. But then, right when they get your back, she's gonna be like, you know, thanks. Fuck this place. And maybe she won't, but boy, I hope being in a Russian prison would teach you some humility about you're from the best fucking place on the planet. Let's get real. Is it great? Yes. Could be better. Absolutely. It's not, I mean, right now, these last two years have been fucking horrible, but the past four were pretty good as far as like the economy and all that. We, I mean, we don't have to get too, too political, but like, honestly, it's, it's a very weird social dynamic. The fact that she has, and like different players have the history and the LeBron quote was weird where he had said something in the shop. I don't know if he's doing that shit for like clickbait or, you know, like what she said first, she's like, we should be getting NBA money. It's just like, no, you shouldn't. And I, we can discuss that, but you don't have one tenth of the viewership of the NBA. I don't think the NBA is watchable. I don't think that's the argument. I think they have a lot more people that watch them because they can do a lot of stuff. It's pretty basic basketball in the WNBA. I don't know. It's Make, like live golf, bring in some Saudi money. Yeah. 
could you imagine? That's the weirdest thing too. Like, Jesus, man, the world is a very weird place. It is. It's funny. I'm not educated enough to get, I always look at conversations like layers, what mm -hmm. I can add to emphasize a point. And yeah. I feel like I'm decent at a topic if I, if I can get to a third thing. But typically with like politics, I'm at one. Cause I yeah. just like, I, I feel so inept to do anything yeah. with it. But the Saudi money and the fact that like, that's okay. Cause it's capitalistic, but with everything that goes attached with it, with human rights is terrible. But then we care about human rights of other people who have them taken away, who are citizens in a Russian jail. So that's a priority, but bringing Saudi money and like marketing that in America, it's well, not, nah, so, we'll accept that. That's fine. Yeah. We just won't know well, what it goes here's with. Here's the issue with that. Like I realized the whole, they're tied to some less than ideal things that have happened. And I'm not pro them at all. I think they're definitely, I could use some words that I probably won't for everybody's sake. But they're not the only that the live golf is not the only thing that's Saudi backed. The DP world tour, which is the European tour is Saudi backed. The Cleveland Cavaliers, 20% ownership, the CCP, which is China's communist party. Uh, uh, so, I mean, China owns a lot of stake in a bunch of American companies. They just sold 170 fucking thousand acres in South Dakota to China. 50 miles from a uh, military base, which is fucking retarded, but you know. Are you serious? But let's worry about the live golf. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely serious. So it's just like, it, they're gonna, that's, it's the bait and switch. They're like, let's worry about the Saudis, but we're gonna let China buy up all of America, which they're doing it up in Canada too. I feel terrible, but at the same time, their prime minister is about the biggest pile I've ever seen. I don't know. Dude, it's, it's just like this is hilarious. I we asked about what did I ask about international travel and culture, and yeah. it went all the way to South Dakota real estate and the Chinamen buying it. Yeah, well, they didn't. They, they built the railroad, so I guess they can come back. <laughs> Dude, how did we divert? How did this river wind? Um, is it? <laughs> should we? chat like what were your experiences overseas did i guess maybe like the a good question to get into it would be like did experiences over the seas help you over the seas overseas help you appreciate america more help oh, you yeah. want to travel uh, more make you just wiser it made me super homesick uh I realized why probably people left Europe in droves at the, the turn of the century. Really? Because it's definitely not made for a person who's above five foot nine, at least Italy, or most of like Europe. <laughs> I didn't go like all over, but like the places I did go, like it was pretty handy to be pretty little. I'm not, I'm not a giant, but being over six foot was shitty in most places, especially like just doorways. What doorways? Yeah doorways were short like and you know i mean italian people on like the whole i'd say they're about five and a half feet tall so stuff's made for them so chairs you're just constantly at like the kitty table no no nothing like not like that <laughs> but like i don't know you, you'd have to just watch i don't know it's just different cultural differences i suppose i don't know it was uh no but i really liked it like i lived in florence so like 
If I wanted to speak Italian, I could. If I wanted to speak English, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, the smaller you go, the more rural you'd have to speak Italian and hopefully have like cell phone service or not cell phone service, but like Wi-Fi to get like some kind of translation app. But no, I, I really, uh, honestly, it made me uh, appreciate being where I'm from. Uh, what, uh, the only thing I didn't, that I would like, you know, for us to have as opposed to like what we have, is just like the rich cultural history of like Florence where the Renaissance started and the Medici's owned, you know, half of the city for like 300 years. It was like being a history nerd. I nerded out a lot when I lived there. Like just seeing the original Michelangelo's David is just up on a hill. I had to walk like three quarters of a mile when it's hot. Seriously? Mm-hmm. And it's fucking huge too. Wait, it or the statue? Oh, no, that tiny. The statue was like fucking <laughs> 10 feet tall. He is yoked. I wasn't worried about that. Like, I've seen that before. Uh, and I think they did that because at least I've heard on podcasts, they're like, they didn't want to make it too, like, he's like an actual god. So they're like, let's give him a little tiny Willis. <laughs> didn't want to give all the mortals a complex. Yeah, he can't have every physical gift. I mean, he can't have awesome delts and shoulders and yeah. a big old. So, yeah. just out. In a field, or up on a hill. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, not like out on a field, but like, so it's like Italy's. I mean, like where I lived, like the first flat or apartment was like I think it was built in 13 or 1400. So like, it had been there a while, and like, I lived like it was two streets. I lived on this street. This street here was where the Medici's castle was. So like that was. They built in like eight ninety or like nine ten or something like that. So like, it was pretty old stuff. But uh, no, it was. I really liked it. It was pretty interesting. Gotcha, man. Well, I don't know. We've been rambling for a while now, and uh, I guess I have an early morning. I know it's funny, man. I always look at like the eight thirty start time, and I'm like, oh, it'll be all right. But then a fucking six o'clock wake up and. Uh, I get a little apprehensive. Is there something, Dan, that we haven't talked about that you wanted to get a little into in wrapping up? Uh, let's think. Let's think. I know it's a weird like spot. Yeah. Um, should we talk golf? Talk some uh, 75 hard. One thing I will mention, and I've brought it up a few times, fogging. So I do that in my evenings in the summer. It's just like mosquito abatement. So I don't know if you guys do anything like that out here or out out there. Yeah, you got to pay a shit ton of money for it. It's mosquito-free yards. They come once a week with a fucking jetpack, and they just okay. spray chemicals without a mask on, and you're like, so it kills mosquitoes, but not you. Huh. Yeah. So if it's the same stuff we use, it's totally people, pet, and plant safe. The stuff we use is from the chrysanthemum flower, oh. and uh, it's added with like an adjuvant that makes it you know, get kind of porousy or not porousy, but kind of like waxy and like little viscous. And we take them out of these, we have like pickups and we also have a side by side that I do like the parks and like the, you know, walking trails around town. So you just go drive from like, we have, I think six or seven districts, you know, like, you know, areas where we go like, you know, with the trucks and then all the parks in town. But I remember before we did it as a county, 
you could not leave your house without a half a bottle of buck spray on you. <laughs> and it's been the best investment our county's ever done. And it's so cheap. Your house taxes, you only pay 25 bucks a year for it. And it's the best money that anybody's ever spent. That's interesting. So is it your business? No, nope. so do? It's, a, it's through our county. So I'm a licensed applicator via the government. So like you, I mean, like it's all ready to use stuff. So like I could buy it myself. You could buy this father yourself. Like I know somebody who has one, the golf courses in our town, you know, have them. Right. But like all when I like the golf course that I play at is out West of town. So when I'm fogging out West, which I did Tuesday night, I usually hit the golf course because I'm there and I don't want to get eaten by mosquitoes. So like, you know, it helps to know some people. So like, but like even that route out West, I probably, it's probably like a 35 to 40 mile route, like round trip. And I probably supplement stuff like, you know, in people's yards or like their property, probably like 30, 35 people each, you know, like go around my shop, go around here. Cause like, the mosquitoes can get real bad. And uh, one of the kids that I work with and actually my cousin both had West Nile when I was in high school. While in the States? Yep. No oh, shit. Oh, dude, West Nile is real. Like, West Nile is huge out here. Really? It's been a lot smaller since we do it, but, like, West Nile, I think it's, I don't know if it's killed anybody in Montana, but the kid I work with got really, really sick because he's got some autoimmune stuff. And, like, he's got a bone to pick with these mosquitoes and Honestly, I, I remember being a kid and not being able... I remember not wanting to go outside to play baseball when I was a kid because you'd get eaten by mosquitoes. Or if you got wet, there goes your bug spray, so then you're going to get eaten like yeah. when you're playing in water. So, like, it's probably one of the... I mean, it's, it's not selfless because I get paid to do it, but, like, it's one of the things that, like, brings me a lot of joy because I there's like two people in town that will complain about it and they'll get on Facebook not that I'm on there I just I get the messages that uh, our uh, district supervisor or the guy who had West Nile get and he'll send me voice messages and it's just these lunatics but like if there's 10,000 people in the county and two don't like it I'm not too worried about those two I'm yeah. pretty happy with the other 9,998 9, 9, people that are pretty fucking happy about what we do Dude, that's interesting. It, it's an yeah. interesting blend of like capitalism, but also servitude. A lot like teaching. Yeah. It's funny yeah. that you like find that joy in it. Well, so like, you know, it's the, a little bit that you can do to make it so other people can enjoy going outside. It's, you know, not too much. Uh, and it's literally the easiest money I've ever made. You sit in a truck and you listen to podcasts, you flip a switch. I bring Lemmy with me. It's awesome. <laughs> and the truck, it's almost like a crop duster, but just on yeah. the ground. Yeah. So like you literally, it, as long as you're driving, so like on the side by side, you can flip the switch and you can let it just roll. But like in the pickups, it's connected to like, you know, the vehicle speed sensor. So you gotta be driving for it to work, but like it's pretty handy. You know, I do all of our football fields. So like when the kids play, they're not getting eaten on Friday nights, you know, under the lights. So it's, Little bit of little bit of TLC, and you can actually go outside and enjoy yourself in the fine months. Gotcha. And so, when I asked if you wanted to talk about anything else, and you bring up fogging, why did fogging jump into your mind? Well, I just I don't know. It's one of those things that people always seem like 
it's it's like anything. If you don't know if it's foreign to you, you're automatically gonna assume like it's the worst thing on the planet. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I did. You asked a few questions about it because like you seem kind of apprehensive about it at first, but like you just give people a little knowledge about it. They're like, oh, it's not toxic. It's not like stuff from the seventies where everybody got cancer. No, it's like I don't think my district supervisor would let me be on the side by side and open, you know, you know, on an open. Uh, cockpit of like a side-by-side if it was not safe for people you know i don't know man it takes 20 years to see the effects you know that's the whole point of not getting vaxxed we're like where's the long-term study yeah (laughs) no dude i didn't know it was a chrysanthemum thing but like that's the weird part of science that you can get it so specific that one particular organism will die but a bunch of other ones won't and that's just really weird that's very hard to understand and accept but it's also at the same time pretty awesome and cool, though, you know, that someone figured out like, oh, we can wait, we can extract some oil out of this flower and wait, we'll have no mosquitoes or gnats. Just like that's pretty sweet. Dude, that, I mean, what's the one thing you hate about summer or fucking bugs, right? Like if bugs weren't yeah. around in summer, 50% that's higher enjoyment rate, then all it would be was humidity. Right? Like yep. humidity and direct sunlight would be the issue midday. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up on that. Hey, the next time people are wondering if something is terrible, just be open minded and ask a question. I think that's a great yep. way to end the pod. <laughs> I think so too. Perfect. All right, Dan. Dude, thank you so much for uh, coming on and um, shooting the shit for so long, man. I really appreciate your time. I and, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed, I don't know, getting to know more about Montana culture. Absolutely. I appreciate it. It was good getting to know you too. Yeah. All right, dude. Enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah, you as well. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search up Andre Psyche on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know today's guest or just want to support this upstart podcast, go to our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, your donation will help with all the costs associated with producing the Getting to Know You pod. Don't forget the three free ways to support the pod. One, subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Three, go to Apple, write a review. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. If you're interested, just message us. See you.